What is going on, guys? This is Brent Sahadi, host of UFC Unwrapped. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at UFC Unwrapped. Definitely check in with Anchor, which is our new streaming platform. You can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, you can find us now. And now we are introducing uh, a YouTube-like video platform called Sportscaster, which we're going to start really pushing this month to where I will be breaking down fights, giving you guys my opinion on current UFC news. So make sure to download Sportscaster and follow UFC Unwrapped there. Today, I have a very special guest, Yanni the Greek, one of the most winningest Vegas gamblers of all time, featured on ESPN, Fox, UFC on the line, New York Times, UFC on ESPN, Golic and Wingo, CNBC, The Herd, FS1. He's constantly on Dana White's Instagram. Today, I have as much time as I need with Yanni. We're going to get into his life story. He's going to tell us all about how he became as successful as he is. And it wasn't as easy as it might look. He's been through a lot of things, and we're going to get into it starting now. Yanni, how are you, man? Wow, never better. Thank you so much for having me and invite me on your show and your platform with, with your listeners and your followers. I appreciate it. And you made it sound so awesome, seriously. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, I, I, I've come a long way. Um, and, and the truth is, I it was very difficult. Uh, it was very, very difficult road to travel. It looks great now. And I'm a perfect example of, I can promise you, Anyone you see, whether it's on TV or whether they're driving by you with a nice car or you see someone going into a nice job or I could promise you nothing, none of that came easy for them. Whether they make it look with their smiles and how great life is today, but I can promise you every single one of them not only struggled to get to that point, but probably had dozens of opportunities to quit. And, and not go through hell to make their dreams come true. You know what most mm. people end up doing. So, again, I, I love where I'm at. I love what I get to do. Um, I'm one of the few people that, yes, one in a hundred turn a profit betting sports. I've been able to do that. Um, it cost me a lot of money to get there. Uh, again, I, I always say if you want to be a doctor, you're pro unless your parents were wealthy or you came up with money somehow, you're probably going to come out with student debt. If you want to go be an accountant, if you want to go to a tech school and be an electrician, you're going to come out with some kind of debt. It's going to cost you money. It's not free. If you want to be a sports better and actually a winning sports better, you're going to lose multiple bankrolls. That's going to be the price of your education. And no one's going to tell it's, it's, it's impossible for it to happen any other way. Any guy that makes money betting sports, that truly makes money betting sports, not that says they make money, not that shows pictures like they make money, not that's up units on some website, but I mean actually makes their money betting sports, where if you walk into the sports book and talk to a sports book manager and say, hey, give me five guys' names that you respect, that when they met, you move the line, or that you have limits on, and I promise you, I'm one of those five names they're going to name every time. That's how I, I built my reputation as far as a winning better goes. And it, it, it wasn't easy to do, to be in that one in a hundred that can do it. But quickly, I, I lost multiple bankrolls. I can't stress that enough for it to happen. So all those social media handicappers out there that are promising you the world and how you're going to get rich overnight and how all you have to do is follow their picks. Uh, honestly, uh, my goal and why I'm doing this 
And if five years ago, probably t if, if they would have asked me before 10 years ago to be to do what I am doing today, I would have said, no, I couldn't because I was still on the grind. I was still trying to make money. I still was protecting my bankroll, my information, the way I was doing things. Now I'm at a point where I can share this with people. And I, I love that. In 2019, you could come on a podcast like yours, you could go on social media, and you could share that with so many people. So again, not to go off on a rant, feel free to cut me off any time. Um, I appreciate you having me on, and I, I want to share as much as I can as far as my experiences go, and hopefully help some listeners out there, whether they're serious about sports betting, or even casual bettors and recreational bettors, maybe I can help you avoid some pitfalls. So hopefully maybe you can lose less money or able to win a little money. But I can't promise you the world, man. That's on you. You're going to have to do that. You know I mean? I, I could just show you what I did and, and, you know, give you the proper tools, but it's on you to, to, hand, to do it. And, you know. It's unbelievable that you stay so humble because, as you mentioned earlier, if even one out of 100 people can do what you're doing, you're doing it. With all this experience, you weren't afraid to hide yourself. You're saying even 10 years ago, you knew that this was a, eventually maybe a possibility to be where you are at today, but you didn't rush it because you knew you weren't at your peak yet. You weren't. You didn't have all the experience that you do have now. Not even close. You're absolutely right. When I first when I first crossed over and actually sold my information, where the first site I went to was pregame.com, one of the biggest on the, in the world as far as sports betting info goes, um... I didn't. What I had at that time was access to winning information. I'm not even going to lie. I wasn't a winning better. I thought I was. I claimed I was because I had access to winning betters. My job, I came out here in Vegas with $600. That was it. 20 years ago, 600 bucks in my pocket. Never, didn't even know where the strip was. And came out here. The one thing I did have was I grew up in a uh, a suburb of Philadelphia where sports betting was huge and one of the, the biggest and most respected betting syndicates was from my neighborhood. They're infamous now. They're called The Animals. If you ever read the book um, Game in the Game, which is about the NBA um, betting scandal with Tim Donahue, that's the group I broke in with. Those are the guys I grew up with. Um, so I had that connection. So when I came to Las Vegas, yes, I came with nothing with 600 bucks um, and not knowing anyone, but I'm not going to lie. I did have a job lined up and that job was I'm going to move steam and bet for this group back east. And simply what they did was they found winning guys like in, in NFL back then, the most um, profitable and most respected NFL better was Billy Walters. Um, the most profitable and respected baseball bettors were these three kids from New York called the Kosher Kids. So anyway, these guys in Philly, what we would do is we would book them. So we would tell Billy Walters, we'll give you 10000 a game. Give it to us first, what you like. Or if you're a winning MMA guy, I'll step to you and I'll say, I'll give you 5000 for your bet for, or any play you want, but you got to bet it with me first. Now, mm. I'm giving you the line that you want. And the reason I'm doing this is so I could get your information. So now Billy calls me and says, I want Dallas minus three. Okay, Billy, I'll give you Dallas minus three for 10,000. Now I turn around to a room full of guys like myself, because that's the job I had as a runner. And the guy that took the 
10,000 on Dallas minus three. He's going to turn around now to a room of about 30 guys like me, and he's going to yell out Dallas minus three for 50,000. And that's our job, to get down 50,000 as quickly as possible before the line goes to four, four and a half, five, and word spreads that, you know, Billy's on Dallas minus three. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had that job real quickly as a runner, but again, I had access to all this winning information, but I didn't know how to use it. And that's the hardest thing. And, and again, like I crossed over and, and started sharing this information and selling winning information, but I wasn't a winning better. You know what I mean? There was months that I was and months that I wasn't. And it, it, it took a long time. I'm not going to lie. It, it took, you know, over a decade of in the grind every single day. And, and the hardest part, again, wasn't, gaining access to winning information, it was learning how to use it. You know, I mean, that's the hardest part is how to use it. It's so hard to win betting, man. I mean, listen, these buildings aren't beautiful by accident. These sports books, they have a built-in edge. And the arrogance of casual bettors to think that because they study a sport or they read everything about it and watch it on TV and know all the players' names and all the colleges and know the offenses and the defenses, that that knowledge alone is enough to overcome that 4.5% built-in edge where you have to lay 11 to win 10? It's not. I'm sorry to break it to you, dude. It's not. It takes more than that. Um, and I had to learn that. You know, I had to learn what it took to be a winning better. And fortunately, I'm, I'm at that position now where I can actually break it down and teach, show people this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong. Because again, I'm really sorry because I was one of those people that was writing stuff, that was doing blogs, that was doing videos, and I probably had no business doing that. I apologize because I see it now with the legalization of sports betting and this influx of handicappers that are on social media claiming that they're winning betters. And honestly, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous because I can promise you, even back when I first broke in where sports betting was definitely not mainstream, um, and there were so many you know, frauds and claiming that, that it was dangerous. Now it's, it's 100x that. And unfortunately, All these guys, I'm not even going to say some of them, all of them learned how to bet from losing bettors. If I wasn't born where I was born and raised around and had a group of friends that I had, I wouldn't be in this position. It came because I surrounded myself by guys that actually did it. And when I came out here as a runner, moving steam for the most respected and profitable wise guys in betting syndicates, and as you build a reputation and are trusted, then more and more guys reach out to you and say, hey, can you bet for me? Can you bet for me? Can you bet for me? Next thing you know, you have an NBA source. You have a college basketball source. You have an NHL source. You're betting for all these different sources that win in these sports. So I had access to great information. So granted, it was okay that I was sharing that, but I didn't know how to share it in a way to teach people to listen, use this the right way. Because just me giving you picks is not enough. You know what I mean? That's right. not enough for you to win. That's why when people ask me for a pick, I walk through the casino and they're always like, Ace, what's the pick? What's the pick? What's the pick? I don't mind. I'll give you a pick, man. I'll give you a pick for anything. I'll give you an opinion on anything. Um, if you want to bet, that's a different story. I can also tell you what I bet. But again,
to help you. Like, that, that the result, I don't know if I'm going to win. Like, Saturday, we're going to go over to UFC 242 card. I made a, a handful of bets. I'll probably make some more tomorrow. I can't promise you I'm going to turn a profit on UFC 242. If I told you I'm guaranteed going to make money, I'm lying, dude. Anyone that's telling you that is lying. I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know if I'm going to be profitable this week. I have a difficult job. That's what I had to overcome and learn. That I left for work every morning and had to tell my wife and child, I'm going to go work 10, 12 hours today, and I may actually lose money. Not I'm not going to get paid, but I may actually lose money. And, and I have to learn to where I leave the house and actually go out to make money. I mean, that, that process isn't easy. So what I'm really getting around trying to, to share is that as much as wanting winning picks is what people want, there's such a randomness to results. If you're taking advice from anybody, they better be profitable long-term. Meaning, I don't care whether you won the last two weeks, whether you won the last three months, whether you're, you're 60 and 40 over your last 100 bets. Who gives a shit? My, my daughter could throw darts and over 100 you know, darts on a, on a, on a map, pick out 60 states that, you know, and, and teams or whatever, and end up 60 and 40, a, a profitable result after a hundred bets. That's, there's randomness to that. I'm interested in the guys that, oh, after a thousand bets are still standing, after 2000 bets are up money. That's the guys that turn profit betting sports. That's the 1%. And you know how we do it? I'm going to tell you right now how we do it. It's we it. don't, this is the biggest secret to sports betting. You could erase everything else. You could start this podcast from right here because this is the key to sports betting. And then I'll step back and you ask the rest of the questions because this is the key that I was getting to. Being a winning better, if you want to be in that 1% of sports betters, forget everything that you've learned till this day. Here's the only thing you need to know. Your only job is to place good bets and not care about the results. The mm. results should be the furthest thing from your mind. Your only job is to find good bets. How do you know they're good bets? Pretty easy. When the, re when the game's over, take a look at your ticket. And what line do you have? What line did the game close at? Did you beat that closing line? Did you place your bet at the best available time? Those things are what's important, not how the game played out, not whether that fumble, your team got it or the other team got it. Once a football hits the ground, it's random, 50-50, which team's going to pick it up. There's no science to it. You know what I mean? I, like That's the stuff I had to overcome, that all that shit is nonsense. All the stuff we discuss, all the stuff for... for TVs and radio and blogs, and it's great to discuss and talk and debate. That's what human beings do. But it's all factored into the betting line. There's nothing you're hearing or, or, or saying that the odds makers didn't factor into the betting line. So it's useless. It's like knowing it's going to rain in a football game only matters if you know it before they adjust the over-under. Once they move the over-under, knowing it's going to rain means nothing. It's irrelevant now. The value of knowing it's raining is gone. The number's been adjusted. So what I'm trying to really get across is to teach people to do this right. Approach this like a sharp. If you're trying to make money, to be honest with yourself, 
That's the only thing you got to be is honest and look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I doing this for entertainment or am I doing this for profit? And if I'm doing it for entertainment, then God bless you. Do it for fun. Try to predict outcomes and be psychic. And God bless you. I wish you the best of luck. If you're doing it for profit and you really want to be in that 1% that could use sports betting as an investment vehicle, then there's only one way to do that. And that's not to try to predict results. Instead, to try to find inefficiencies in the betting market. That's the only way to do it. And the quickest way to explain this is, we know Warren Buffett owns Seas Candies. He owns stock in Coca-Cola. He owns stock in, in the railroads. If you sat Warren Buffett down, do you think he can tell you how they make chocolate? He has <laughs> no clue, dude. You think he could name you five ingredients in chocolate? Not a chance. Not a chance. But you know what he knows how to do? How to quantify value. How to look Mm -hmm. at a balance sheet and understand what it means. That's all that matters to him. And when it comes to sports betting, that's all that matters to me. What can I quantify? Whether it's MMA, how am I power rating these fighters and their gyms and their trainers? When it's NFL, how am I power rating these 11 offensive players, 11 defensive players, 11 special team players. How accurate are my power ratings? So when I bring out my own line to compare, it's it's more accurate than what they put out. Because what you're trying to do as a sports better is simply come out with a stronger number than what the odds makers have. Because the job of the odds maker and the bookmaker is not to predict the outcome of sporting events. That point spread isn't their prediction. That point spread is there to help them minimize risk and allow them to turn a profit off their built-in edge. That's all it's there for. That's what that point spread's there for. It's not their prediction. So if you're able to create an actual point spread that is a prediction, that's where you find inefficiencies. That's where you beat them. The fact that when I talked, when I crossed over into this MMA betting community, and I found out that 99, almost 100 out of 100 bettors actually look at the betting odds before they even create one for themselves is insane to me that no one taught them differently. How are you going to look at what the, the betting lines are without having already in your mind what it should be. Meaning, are you going to go off into a car dealership to buy a car without having researched what the price should be? You're going to go in knowing that that vet, I'm not paying more than 70 grand for that because I know I, I could get it for that much everywhere. So I'm going to walk in there, and if you could give it to me for 65, we're gold, I'm buying it. Right? That's how you go car shopping. Right. So when you go shopping for a bet, it should be the same way. Meaning, if it, why should I conclude what the bookmaker wants me to? Before I even look at their lines, I have my own lines in front of me to compare to theirs. If you're not doing that, you're already behind. If you think just from analyzing it and studying, like these guys that bet these units, and then all of a sudden they're like, this is a 10-unit play, this is a 20-unit play, this is a 50-unit play. Like, what? how do you differentiate that? Is that instinct? Do you trust your gut? Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's how you, you think you're going to make money betting sports? You know how we do it? The 1% does it? Here's how we do it. 
I look at the betting line. They have, okay, I make Edson Barbosa a minus 200 favorite, let's say. I, before I even look at the lines, I make it. I, I look at Paul Felder versus Edson Barbosa. I look at my analytics. I look at all the handicapping that I've learned helps me create an accurate implied probability in MMA. And I came up with, let's say, I, I, my conclusion is that Barbosa should win this fight 67% of the time. And I know that the break-even point for 67% is minus 200. So that's a fair price. So now I walk, when the sportsbook puts up their lines, if they put up minus 150, I go bet Barbosa. If they put up minus 300, I go bet Paul Felder. It's that simple. That's how you do it and make money. You don't do it by looking at Paul Felder versus Barbosa and analyzing their styles and their strengths and their weaknesses like, like the Oxmaker didn't already do that. He was waiting for you to do it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and then from your analysis, how strong you feel about it. And, and then you say, oh, wow, Barbosa minus 150. Well, okay, I think he should win this fight. I'm going to bet him. And then you walk into the sports book, and he's minus 200. And you're like, yeah, I like Barbosa. I'm still going to bet him. Are you kidding me? You, you think you're, you, you win by predicting outcomes? You don't. You do it by beating the market. It's like any other market, man. It's like the stock market. Any, any market, you do it by beating it, by finding inefficiencies. You don't do it by predicting outcomes. So sorry for going on that rant. No, I love I it. Just, Please. I just, I just needed to make sure I get it out there because, again, my goal is to, to wipe the state slate clean and invite everyone that anyone that, that actually does want to be a winning sports better and tell them, listen, bro, I was taught the wrong way, too. Like, I had it all wrong. I made so many mistakes. I lost multiple bankrolls. But guess what? I finally figured it out. You know what I mean? It finally right. made sense to me. I finally learned how to create my own lines and trust them. I finally learned how to bet size correctly. I finally learned how to manage my bankroll based on my edge. Those are all things that matter, man. That's, that's how you make money betting sports. And when I look at, at social media of MMA and MMA betting Twitter, I don't see none of that. All the talk is about matchups right. you know, and exactly. styles. It's all about that. And you know what? Sports betting was like that also. And I'm not saying I changed it, but when I first crossed over, there wasn't, there wasn't much talk about steam and wise guys and sharks because no one was working with them. I crossed over because I was a runner. That I was one of the few that actually was doing that. I was actually betting for these guys. So when I crossed over, I had that knowledge. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. I think, not saying I'm going to change the landscape of MMA betting, but I'm hoping because there's so many sharp guys out there, you know, that actually do know the sport so well. And some even know gambling well. You know, then there's even guys that know both, you know, like a Nick Kalikas who I love and respect, you know what I mean? Who is a winning MMA better. He knows, knows what he's doing, understands, you know, the concept. You know, we need guys like that that are actually willing to share how it's done, how the guys that win do it. And, and let's stop the nonsense. Because, again, I have thick skin, dude. They could bash all, people could bash all they want. The only criticism that bothers me is the, ones, the, the criticism that comes from people I respect and admire. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, I'm sorry, it's not the eggs on Twitter that I respect and admire. <laughs> it's not, like, it's, it's the, the, those are the people that when they bash me that it hurts. Anyone else, dude, I don't, I don't care because I know I'm, I'm, I know what I've gone through, what I've been through and where I'm at. Exactly. And my results are unquestionable. You may not like my teeth. You may not like my voice. You may not like my attitude, dude, or even how I come off. It may, it may insult, it may even, you may disgust you. Uh, you know, you may just, I may just rub some people wrong. You know, I can't help that. But the one thing you can't deny, and there is no argument about, and there is no debate, is not only did I turn a profit the last six, five, now six years, documented every single bet I made, beat MMA betting market more than any other sport, and did so in person betting cash on the Las Vegas Strip. That's fact. That can't be argued. That's why the MMA industry community knows me now. Because while they were writing blogs and doing videos and watching UFC, I was on the Strip betting it. I was learning how to beat it. And then I got to a point where I did. And eventually my bets moved lines. And then eventually I got limits put on me. And eventually I was forced to bet through locals. That's what happens. That's the succession when you're a winning better. It was the same succession when I became a winning, you know, I, I, I'm an advantage blackjack player. Those are the only two things I can do, bro. I can't, do, I can't teach you anything else. <laughs> I, 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 I'm terrible with my hands. I can't fix shit. I'm not, a, I'm not educated. I'm not a smart guy. I'm not good looking. But there's two things I'm very competent in. There's two skill sets I I have that I'm extremely competent and confident in and and know I could sit across from anyone and hold a conversation. And when we walk away, I think they're going to be, they're going to learn more from me than I'll ever learn from them. And this isn't me being cocky. This is called 30 years of betting sports every single day and 20 of those 30 years doing it at the highest level surrounded by the sharpest people. And with Blackjack, I worked with one of the, a really profitable team um, for about almost two years. And what happens with Blackjack is you don't get put on Clark Player Magazine. You don't get to be on ESPN's final table for in a World Series of Poker. In poker, they do that because you're not taking the casino's money. You're taking each other's money, and they just get to take the rake. So, sure, they'll put you on a magazine. They'll put you on TV. They'll make you famous. But beat them in blackjack, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to show you the front door, and they're going to put your name and your picture into the computer, and any high-limit pit you walk in that has facial recognition, they're going to toss you out. That's what happens if you're an advantage blackjack player. But what advantage blackjack taught me was, unlike sports, where with sports, for me to place 200 wagers, even if I do 10 bets a day, it's going to take me three weeks to place 200 bets. In blackjack, I could place 200 bets in one hour playing one-on-one with a dealer. If you find me a good dealer and I could play them one-on-one, I'll get 200 hands in an hour. That's 200 bets. In an eight-hour session, I'll have made 1,600 bets. If I do it over a four-day weekend, I have, what, over 5,000 wagers I made, 4,800, whatever it is? That's the long-term results. That's the one thing that Blackjack did for me that I think helped me in sports, that I was able to see the long-term where in sports I didn't. 
And what I mean by that is I found out playing advantage blackjack that as long as I placed good bets, I was a mathematical certainty to turn a profit. And there was nothing the casino could do as long as I bet size correctly. Because when you're playing advantage blackjack, you estimate your edge for every bet. So your bet size is based on that edge. So as long as I stuck to it, and even if I lost five max bets, if, if the count or the, the system we used we suggested now I have to drop my bets down to one unit, then that's what you have to do. You can't chase. If you, that, you have to follow it to the T because with sports, you have about a, I, guys that win long-term have about a 5% advantage over the hold. In, in MMA, it's about a 10%. In blackjack, guys that win have about a 1.5% advantage. So your, advantage, your edge is very small. But the money adds up quickly because you're turning it up very, like I said, you're doing 200 bets an hour. So even if you're just betting $100 a hand, you know, you're making a dollar fifty theoretically out of every hundred you're betting. You're doing that two hundred times an hour, that dollar fifty adds up in, in blackjack very fast. That's why you get back that quickly. But again, you know how they grade you, how they label you in blackjack as a winning blackjack player is the same as in sports. And this is the last thing I promise and I'll stop. And then we could start the podcast. <laughs> no, um, I love this. Please keep it coming. This is gold. They don't label you a winner or a sharp account uh, a threat by your result that don't matter to them the result is irrelevant and the way i can prove that to you is that your comps aren't based on what you win or lose your comps are based on your theoretical losses because they know even if you won you simply got lucky if you're not skilled meaning if you won playing roulette they're gonna. Your comp is gonna be based on what you theoretically should have lost over those three hours you played. Not that you won two hundred or four hundred. They don't care. They're gonna say we have a four percent edge over him the way he plays. He. This is his average bet. He played for this much time. X times X times X equals, and that's what his comps are worth. That's how they do it. They don't. Not about results. Like the best example of that is I say it all the time. If you, my record right now, we could go into Mandalay Bay and I could ask what my history is playing blackjack there. And they will say, you're down 47000 46000 and some change on our property. And I cannot play $5 a hand at that, at that casino. Even though I've lost, the, even though they're up on me, almost 50000 they won't let me play $5 a hand. Because they're not, they don't care about the result. What they saw was that every time I had the edge, I bet big. Every time they had the edge, I bet the minimum or nothing at all. And every time I deviated from basic strategy, I did so correctly. That's what they're looking at. And because they know if you can do those things over an hour, over two hours, over 10 hours, sure, he may lose. But if this guy gets 100 hours in, there's no chance he's gonna be down. And it's the same with sports. That's why I tweeted out that article from Pinnacle, which is the sharpest book on the planet. Pinnacle doesn't label their their sharp accounts based on how much these accounts won from them. They do it by this account's ability to beat their number, meaning when did this guy bet? And then what happened to the betting line later? Is this guy betting teams at minus one and the line closes minus three? 
I don't care what the result is. If he can continue doing that, he's going to turn a profit. That's a fact. We can't avoid that. That's simple math. And those are the guys they label a threat. Not the guy that hit a parlay for him and beat him for a million. That guy, they're going to open the door. They're going to give him a suite. They're going to welcome him back every day. Because they know he just got lucky. But the guy that may have lost 20000 but lost it betting the right way, he's not getting an invite back. Because they know all he needs is time. And that's why I tell people with bets, dude, I could give you the next 10 plays, the next 20 plays. And whether I go 18 and 2 or 2 and 18, to me it's irrelevant. Because over 5,000 bets, which is what I care about, that 2 and 18 or 18 and 2 is just going to get mixed in there somewhere. It means absolutely nothing. And until you're able to approach it that way, I'm sorry, man, you're not going to win betting sports. You're just not. Nothing you do is going to change that until you could change that approach where you don't care about the result and your only focus is placing good bets. So thank you for giving me my, my, my pulpit for 30 minutes, my man. Now pass away. My past, futures, whatever you like. This was amazing to hear all of that. And this is also just one of the many reasons why I respect you because I've been following you on social media for a while. Uh, For anyone listening, his Twitter is at Greek underscore gambler. And it's the same thing on Instagram. And you'll also see him on Dana White's Instagram very frequently. One of the things that I really respect about you, though, is you focus a lot on the education of the sports betting rather than trying to claim like, you know, football or golf or MMA better than anyone else. That's not really what your focus is as a gambler, as a handicapper. You're you're educating people on how to make hashtag free money, hashtag oh, cash and don't trash them. Like this is God, oh God, you you're do. so right. Honestly, I'm I'm the furthest thing from an expert. I'm not an MMA expert. I'm not an NFL expert. I'm not an NBA expert. I'm a no. None of those sports am I an expert. I I do the on the line show across from Tyron Woodley, Daniel Cormier, Michael Bisping. They're experts. <laughs> I mean, they know mm-hmm. the sport. Troy Aikman doing you know NFL for CBS or Fox. He's an expert. That's that's an analyst who actually understands it. Any of us claiming to be experts that that aren't at that level is a joke. We could be analysts and we could be even competent and inefficient, but we're not experts. I mean, anyone that calls themselves that that isn't up at the level of a Tyron Woodley or a, 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 a Troy Aikman. Come on, those guys are experts at their sport. They know the sport. They know what it takes to play it. They know what's happening every second of it. And they know the life of the athlete uh, leading up to the, the game. They know everything, dude. That, so that's not easy. I never claim that. In fact, when the UFC approached me, the very first thing I said so that there's no misunderstanding is I am not an MMA expert. I'm the furthest thing from an MMA expert. In fact, there's a hundred guys I could name you that are going to sit in the chair and analyze a fight better than me. Easily. But I, I could promise you 99 of them it's not the whole hundred of them aren't going to make money bet doing it. I, I can do that. I can't, I'm not going to say their names, right? I'm not going to even <laughs> make a mistake and, and, and say this guy's from the wrong gym. But if you give me a year of betting, I'm going to be up on anyone. It don't matter who you put analysts you put across from me. They have no shot because that's not what they do. I, they, I, I make money betting sports. They make money fighting. They make money being a commentator. That's how they make their living. I make my money living betting sports, so it's not even a fair fight. That would be like, you know, me going into the the octagon with with a fighter. 
How's that even a fair fight? He makes his living fighting. I make my money living betting sports. So if we're in a sports book, I'm the guy you want. If we're in an octagon, that's the guy you want. So if this show's about making money betting sports, I'm sorry, man. You may want to listen to me a little more than, than the so-called experts. Because, again, I don't know everything about the sport. I don't have to. That's my, my goal isn't to, to be a, a UFC biographer or you know, write, write a novel on, on MMA or the complexities of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's not my goal. My only goal is to find to, to profit from the sport. And I found, on, you know, fortunately for me, that MMA betting market is softer than pretty much any other. And, and the reason for that is simple, that it's about 10 years old. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but the first time Las Vegas took a bet on, on UFC was UFC 33 back in 2001. You know how I remember that? Because I was there. And, and the reason they put a betting line up is because the, the sportsbook manager at the time liked fighting. He was a fan, and actually I know him because I was a runner on the strip, and his name was Hugh Citron, and he created the first MMA line in the city of Las Vegas, and the reason he did it, again, was because the first UFC ever in Las Vegas was UFC 33. It was at Mandalay Bay. Hugh Citron is the sportsbook manager at that time of Mandalay Bay. He went up to the suits upstairs, and he said, hey, you guys mind if I put a betting line on the main event? They said, you know what? Why don't you put a betting line on all the fights and see what happens? He said, great. And he did that. And people going in to see the fight looked up and said, oh, shit, there's lines on this. And they started placing some bets. Next thing you know, the fights are over, and, and then Mandalay Bay made a little bit of money. And then they told Hugh, guess what, man? From now on, why don't you get put a line, but just on the main event? So for a year or so, it was just the main event that they were putting up. And then other books started seeing, oh, wow, everyone's going to Mandalay Bay to bet MMA. If they're there betting MMA, guess what? They're probably going to bet other stuff there, so we need to offer MMA too. And every book in Vegas started offering MMA, but the only thing they offered was the main event, maybe the co-main event if it was a big name, in UFC fights. That was it. And then until about you know 2005 or whatever, the explosion with, with Tuff, um, and, and Forrest Griffin, and it took off, and that was it. So it's, it's, a, it's only about a 10-year market, 15-year market, where football, baseball, people have been betting for 100 years. You know, it, it, it's, it's, I don't mean to, please don't take it as an insult, MMA community, please, dude. Don't take it as an insult. I am not insulting anyone. Again, I am uneducated. I, 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 I have no skill sets except what I claim. You know, I, I'm not bragging by any trends, but what I'm just trying to tell you is that it's the MMA betting market is very soft because it's very unknowledgeable. What I have found is that a lot of guys that bet MMA don't bet any other sport. I didn't know that. They don't know gambling, man. I'm sorry to tell you, dude, because you know a sport. Does, I know bookmakers my whole life. Is, I know, hey, believe me, if I know bookmakers. There's, if there's one class of people I know, it's bookmakers. Around the entire world, I know bookmakers. And here's what I can promise you. That if you stop five bookmakers and ask them, who are your best clients? Who's lost the most money to you? I will promise you at least three of the five are going to say professional athletes. At wow, least three no of the way. five. At least three of the five. More professional athletes lost money betting sports than anyone else. 
because they thought because they played it that they could bet it. You know how many credit lines are still open in this state? How many players, professional athletes, owe money to these casinos that lost money gambling? And not just at the tables, lost it on sports? They don't make a big deal about it, bro. But I can promise you, there's a lot of them. Because yeah. you know a sport, because you play a sport, doesn't mean you know how to bet a sport. Again, those are two different animals, brother. Right, so and and it takes a guy like you with the experience that you have to understand that. Like for me, I've, I'm 24 right now. I've been watching UFC since I was probably around 14, 13 years old. And at this point, with what I think is experience or what I thought was experience. I thought I know the sport well enough to start gambling. So once I became like 21, 22, and I had a little bit extra money in my pocket, I was going to the sports book. I was putting in parlays. I was betting straight, but I obviously wanted to cash out. So I, I liked parlays. I'd, I'd hit a 14 parlay here or there. And it was three years ago on, I think it was UFC 200 International Fight Week. There was Invicta fights going on, Bellator and UFC. I was using... I believe bet DSI, uh-huh. this, this website's a bet, and I placed a 15-team parlay across Invicta, Bellator, and UFC, and I went 14 in a row and lost Holy my 15th. Yeah, I, I bet on Misha Tate at minus 265 to beat Amanda Nunes, and she was yeah, she was the last one. It was over three days, so it was it was then I took a year off because I mean when you take a a loss like that, it's kind of you can't eat for a couple of days. At least that's what I experienced because I was expecting all this money. I was like planning vacations for myself it, already. Sure. Yeah, I was like she was my heaviest favorite on the whole parlay too, and she lost. And I wasn't at the time even educated enough to hedge my bet. At the time, I didn't even think, okay, you just went fourteen in a row. Put some money on me. Lock in a profit. Right? Yeah, like this is free money right now. Exactly, and that's what separates you from. Uh, everyone else that's on social media trying to claim that they know the the sports and that you should pick with them and that's why i advise everyone to go check out your social media whether if it's your instagram and your twitter because you're not just a guy who's saying uh you know what this guy trains really hard and he has good takedown defense and he's gonna win like that's not where you're at you're you're teaching people hedging you're teaching people how to pick the lines at the appropriate time in order to always profit even if it's less profit than what you wanted you're separating the emotion out of it which is why you're so highly regarded in this that's that's what i'm trying to do to actually show for real the people that make money this is how we do it you know what i mean and and what's crazy is that i mean and i i don't mind it i like it because it opens debate but when they argue with me at least allow me hear me out and if i'm wrong let's debate it you know what i mean but to, to sit there and argue with me that uh, what are you talking about? Parlays aren't negative EV. What are you talking about? If a parlay's not correlated, mathematically it's negative EV. And here's why. I don't care if you have two plus EV wagers on a parlay. Don't tell me that. Because just this fact alone, I won't even get into the complexities. I won't even get into theory. I'm just going to tell you this simple fact alone to put all arguments to bed. As a sports better. Your goal is to place your bets at the optimum time to get the best number every single time. That's it. You want to get the best number every time. When is it that you're going to find the best lines all at the same exact moment at the same exact sports book 
that you want to put in your parlay. You know when? Never. Never are you going to put a six-fighter parlay in, and it's at that exact moment that all six of those lines are the best time you could bet them, and all at that same property. That book happens to offer you the most value. That's not how... It's not... Theoretically, it's not. It's not going to happen in the real world. Right, you can't consistently profit doing that. So just, just that fact alone kills you the argument. You know what I mean? I get it. There's two big favorites. You don't want to bet them straight. No one wants to put up a lot of money to win a little. I get that. You don't think the sports book gets that? That you're just going to get rich parlaying minus 500 favorites? Really? That they didn't already think ahead? That there's a, they, when they, if they offer a bet, if they're going to, before, when I came to Las Vegas, there was about, when you walk into the sports book, you see parlay cards. You walk in for an NFL weekend, there's about seven or eight parlay cards. When I came here 20 years ago, honestly, there was probably about 15 to 20 different parlay and teaser cards. You know why half of them are gone? Because people found advantages in them. Because they were printed on Wednesdays. And lines mm. moved between Wednesday and game day. So people would find two or three discrepancies, tie those lines together, and now make this parlay plus EV because the line on the board had changed, but the line on the card didn't. So the sportsbook said, wait a minute. Now these parlays may be profitable. So you know what? We're not going to take them no more. That's what they do. Like, that's it. They're not going to let you just walk that. in there and take their money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So when it comes to right now in a sports book, for instance, I was in Vegas for UFC 239. And I placed a parlay there. I think it was like a four or five team parlay. And I was watching the lines move live. Staring at the screen, I was seeing lines move. So there's no there's no such thing as a printed out card or anything anymore, right? No, just in football. They have it like, you know, for NFL and college football. And when a line moves significantly, they take it off. the. You can't use that number on the card. Like you'll see these four games aren't available on the card. Even though they are, you can't use the numbers. Oh, wow. No way. That's what they do. They just take them off the card. I mean, speaking yeah. of lines moving, I, I saw your pick earlier. I think um, this post was... I'm not sure if Dana White put out, because I follow all the social medias, and I, I saw it somewhere, but you chose the over at plus 120 for Barbosa and Felder. It was plus 120, and I checked those odds right before I got on the line with you, and now that line is minus 155. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That's what I thought, that the wrong side favored. Even if, see, for me, that's a good bet. That's how I grade it. And I, I, want, I, I think if, if, if you're listening and you're serious about winning at MMA, winning betting MMA, if you can't conclude that I made a winning bet, then there's a lot you still have to learn. And what I mean by that is if I bet the yes that it goes the distance at plus 120, and the line closes 150, I did my job. Honestly, I don't even care about the result. Of course, I'm human, and, and I like money. I don't want to burn through it. So if I want to win every bet I place. But realistically, I know that's not going to happen. So I don't sweat that result. I don't care. I care more about that, that I got down at plus 120 and it closed 150, because I know, I've done this long enough that I know if I could just continue that exercise... There's nothing they could do. I'm going to beat them. At the end of the year, I'm going to be up money. After 500 bets, they're screwed. There's nothing they could do. If I keep beating them like this, they're in trouble. 
And I, you, you, because again, the closing number is always going to be the most accurate because it has the most information factored into it. You can't argue that. It's the same with every sport. When they first put an opening number in, it's, no one's bet it yet. By the time you get to the closing number, wise guys have looked at it. Betting syndicates have looked at it. MMA experts have looked at it. Mm. Betters have looked at it. Recreational betters, squares, Everyone has looked at it. If someone's sick, if there's the, the weather, if there's his weight, on, if he's not on point, every factor has been put into that number. All the information has been factored into that price. That's what makes the closing line more accurate than an opening line. That's just common sense. That's not me trying to, you know, say something that isn't obvious. You know, the closing line is going to be more accurate. So that's what you're trying to be. And if, if you can't conclude that's a good bet, then you're approaching it the wrong way. And that's why I, it shocked me in the beginning. I would give a, a fighter, I swear to you, I could show you DMs of guys that are, I mean, real wise guys, guys that make their money betting sports that DM'd me and said, bro, I can't believe you're giving out gold. I swear to God. Because when I gave out this one at minus 200 and it closed at like minus 400. What's crazy is that to the Twitter followers, I guess, or the MMA Twitter, whatever you want to call it, if it lost, I don't even remember that particular result, but the fact, maybe it lost, and they're bashing. Like, the fact that you would bash that bet and say it's not a good bet, if you can't, like, you can't see past that, past the result, you're never going to make money betting sports. Right, right. They think just because the bet didn't hit, that you made a bad pick, but they're That's not taking into consideration the expertise it took to catch that line at minus 200 rather than Thank minus you. 400. And it's, I, the, best, the, the way I put it is, if I come up to you tomorrow and I say, yo, you have a quarter in your pocket? And you say, yeah, you give me the quarter. So you know it's your quarter. I'm not coming to you with no fixed quarter. It's a legit quarter. And I tell you, you know what? We're going to flip this one time. You got heads, I got tails. If it goes heads, I'm going to give you 100 bucks. If it falls tails, you only have to give me a dollar. Are you going to take that bet? Now, if, if I flip it and it goes heads, whatever, and I win, you made a great bet, right? You were getting 100 to 1 on a coin flip. On something that you know is 50-50, you were getting 100 to 1 on it. Forget the result. Who gives a shit what happened when we flipped the coin? Right. You found a bet where you were getting 100 to 1 on a 50-50 proposition. Those are the bets I'm looking for. Those are the bets you make money betting sports. You don't make money betting into 50-50 and, and hoping you're guessing right, that you pick heads the right time and tails the right time and heads the right time and tails the right time. It's not how you're going to do it. The way you're going to do it, make money flipping a coin, is finding guys that are willing to give you better than even money on the coin flip. That's the only way you're going to do it, unless you have a fixed coin. And that's the same thing with sports. Unless you have a fixed game... The only way you're going to beat it is by getting a better number than what they're offering. That's it. If, if, if the line should be minus 200 and they have minus 130, I bet the favorite. If, they, if the line should be, you know, uh, plus 150 and I could get plus 200, I'm betting the dog. It's that easy. Don't make it more complicated than that. The names, the fighters become irrelevant. The teams are irrelevant. The first day I worked moving steam, the very first day I walked into that office in Philadelphia, the first rule that was given to me 
was, we don't bet teams, we bet numbers in here. So I don't want to hear you discussing about teams and, and your opinion or anything like that. You got one job here, and that's to bet numbers. And if you don't find that number, you don't make that bet. That was it. And that's what separates you from everyone else, whether it's professional athletes who bet, casual fans that bet, or even people that pay people for picks. Like, everyone is going in with this emotion. They, they want the Chargers to win. They want the Colts to win. They want Khabib to win. And no matter where the line moves, that's their guy. They're going to take that guy. They're not... This is something I appreciate so much is on your on your Instagram or your Twitter. I think it was from like a, a week ago. You made a post about how a line moved to a certain point. And that means that if you then if you took the original pick as the favorite at, let's say, minus 400, but now the underdog is plus 440 right then that's free money and you were just trying to educate people on that like you can bet both sides of the same game if you got the numbers at the right time and profit rather than tying in your emotion only, into a team isn't the only goal to make money if you're betting into a market like when you're investing into a market why do we invest in stock we don't do it because we like the companies i don't even know the companies yeah i like do I really care about some, you know what I mean, a, a pharmaceutical company or, or some biotech? No. The only thing I care is I bought it at 27. Is it going to 35? That's, that's all you care about. Why can't, why, if you're trying to make money in the sports betting market, why would you not bring that same approach? That's why I tweeted out. I never understand how you could get the exact same person. And if you have a look at a stock, tell, look at Google. And I'm sure Google over the last five years has gone up, right? That's just me saying, blindly telling you. Probably over the last 10 years, Google's gone up. But I bet you take that, a person and you tell them, look at this chart. Do you think Google will did make money every day? You're going to go in probably thinking, no, of course not. Did Google make money every week? No, of course not. A stock ain't going to go up every single day. Stock ain't going to go up every week. It's not going to go every month. Probably didn't even go up every year. But what I do know is if I put $100 in Google 10 years ago, it's now worth X. That's what's important. Right. But with sports betting, that same person, if he sees four losing days, oh, you suck. <laughs> You're terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's why, you see, I share my information, and because it's... I. I I'm almost forced to market someone, but I don't solicit, dude. I try not to solicit at all. I've never with MMA tried to push anyone to come buy my MMA shit or anything like that because I, the people that deal with me are serious people. I don't want the guy that wants a Monday Night Football winner. Don't bother me, dude. I, I don't have it. I have a bet on Monday night. In fact, this Monday night, I have three bets already. But if you need a lot for Monday night, I'm not your guy, dude. You need to go find some guy that, that, that's going to tell you he already knows the outcome because he, you know, he knows the girl sleeping with the quarterback. That's who you need to go to. You don't need a guy like me who makes his money betting sports. You need a towel. Go to a towel. He'll sell you a game of the year. I don't have that. I don't do that, dude. I don't understand that stuff. I crossed into the industry and, and fell into the wrong company by accident. I learned my, my, that this is being done all wrong. And after a number of years, I left and I went on my own. I did shit on my own. And I feel like I've done it right because I haven't lied. To, I've been straight with everyone. I, 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 in fact, I make sure any subscriber I have, I let them know. I promise them. In fact, I send them a promise. I'm not going to win every day, every week, or every month. That's a promise. So if you're not prepared, 
Don't bother me, dude. I can't promise you anything else. I can prom I can show you documented. I've won six straight years, and last year, if you started with 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 two thousand dollars, I ended that with twelve thousand. We went five x, five hundred percent return on that two thousand dollars. Okay, I didn't win every week. I didn't win every bet, and I didn't even win every month. So I can't promise you I'm going to win this week, dude. I can't do that. I'd be lying to you if I did. But what I can tell you is I'm in the business of placing good bets. So it's it's highly probable we have a better chance of, of coming out ahead than probably someone else does. But over that short sample size, I can't promise you anything because there's randomness involved. Over 5,000 bets? Hell yeah, I guarantee you. In fact, I'll sign anything you want that I'll be up money. I know that much. I have too, I'm too good at what I do. The sources of information I have are way too good. And I, the experience I have makes me able to beat them. There's nothing they could do about it. The only thing they could do is, is back me off and shut me down, which is what they do. They don't let me play blackjack anymore. And, and they put limits on me in sports. And that's it. I have to, I, to, to put in a $1,000 a parlay, which is negative EV, I have to go to four different sports books, dude, to put in a parlay <laughs> where, where a, a bookmaker, they, they invite parlays, especially a six and 17 fighter parlay. Like, are you kidding me? You know what the odds of hitting that are? They should be inviting me in the door to place that. But because they know this guy beats us long-term betting, oh, we don't even want to deal with his parlay, which is stupid. Like the guy behind the counter then running that book don't know what he's doing because I'm actually making a negative EV bet. I'm actually giving you a chance to take my $1,000. Unlike those other bets that I place where you don't have a chance because I'm getting the best of it, and if, if I do lose, I just got unlucky, those you shouldn't have took. But this one you should take because this one's negative EV. I have no advantage over you. I'm just trying to get lucky and hope I go. If I go seven and zero, I want to make sure I, I I get to make a score from it. That's all I'm placing this for. But I'm probably not going to go seven and zero. So you should take it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. The fact they don't take it is ridiculous. So you know they don't even know what they're doing. Well, what's interesting is there's actually I've noticed a lot of sports sites for betting have actually removed parlays for UFC in particular. There's yep. a, a lot of sites that don't let you bet UFC. Why do you think that is in general for the casual fans like me even? Like I'm I'm not I have no idea what I'm doing compared to you when it comes to sports betting. So why won't they let me parlay UFC? Honestly, because guys that were able to take advantage of it were taking advantage of it. And here's what I mean. A lot that goes on in the MMA betting market, limits are small, okay? And the juice is high. And what I mean by that, and that's what I was telling people with the contender series. I love doing that segments. I love being able to be that close to the fights and watching them and stuff. But I might have placed two or three bets that entire series. Even though I had to do a promo every week and share information, I don't, I, I, I don't bet into a market like that. They open the limits at, at $200. The juice is, is their 40-cent lines, not 10 or 20-cent lines. And what I mean by that is if you look at the money line in the beginning, it's, you know, a minus 150. It should be the dog should be, you know, plus 130. Instead, look at the line when the contender comes out. If the favorite's minus 150, the dog is even money. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I <laughs> if, if the favorite's minus 175, the dog isn't plus 155. The dog's plus 125. 
they're unbettable lines. They're unbeatable. It's hard enough to beat a 20-cent line where the hold's 4.5%. You think you're going to beat a 40-cent line or a 50-cent line? <laughs> That's so crazy that people actually think they can do that. It baffles me. It, it, can make, it so baffles me that, that the MMA Twitter actually thinks they're going to bet into 40-cent lines and beat these casinos. It's so crazy. So what the betting syndicates do is they manipulate them and they scalp them because they know they could make it move significantly. So what they'll do is they'll set up their parlay and bet a, a two-fighter parlay, not a six-fighter parlay, and bet a two-fighter parlay. And then start manipulating the lines off screen, on screen, getting them to where they want to go. And then they're betting those same two fights off screen, not in parlays, in straight bets, and, and taking better numbers. So they were using it simply to manipulate it. Like they found ways to take advantage of it. Because again, when, when lines move as significantly as they do in MMA, that's what I'm saying. That's what makes this market so soft. Look at the NFL lines for Sunday. These have been up for months, 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 months. And I'm looking right now. And there is not a single line that opened that moved more than two points. Maybe one, one, moved, one moved because Oakland was a, a two-point favorite, and now Denver's a one-point favorite. That's the only game. Every other game moved maybe a point, point and a half. That's about it. Nothing. So, in other words, in the money line, it moved, what, 10, 20, 30 cents, not even? And then look at this week's UFC lines. Look how much they moved from the opener. Look at some of these guys. For instance, let's just start with, with the main event. Nurman Gamedov. What was Khabib? What's he at now? I mean, look at a lot of these lines. Look at Makachev. Look at Blades. Huh? Let's start with Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades opened minus 280 in some books. What's he at now? Minus, minus. 525? Wow. Is someone injured? Is, is that what happened? Is, is, is Shamil not showing up? Why did the line move? The only way a line's moving like that in the NFL is if there's an injury, is if there's snow, and if there's something significant. It's not moving because sharp guys bet it that much. They're confident in their numbers enough that they're not off that far. In the NFL, I may find an edge of a point, point and a half here and there. Enough to make money if you get down a lot, you know, if you have a big enough bankroll, but not enough to, to destroy and do damage. But in, the, in, in MMA, where you have edges like that, where I could bet a minus 280 and then come back and take the dog at plus 400? Oh my God, that's stealing. I should have to wear a ski mask to bet. And I, like I, I know this is such a it's such a broad question because it takes so many years of experience to get this. But how can you even begin to identify when a line change like that which, is bound to happen? Which way it's going? Great question. And I'll tell you what I, I started as a runner, and then I, I, I worked for like a little while as a reader. And what a reader is that uh, a lot of these betting groups they hire guys as readers. And this was when the internet first came on and when social media first started. Now everyone's doing it, so the edges have been lost. But what a reader would do is, our job was simply to look for information that the odds maker probably missed. And these are the things they miss. Like you look at small conferences in college basketball. 
You have Wisconsin-Green Bay against Wisconsin-Milwaukee. That's a small market game. It's not on a national level. It's not on TV. It's not going to get much betting action. You know what I mean? Mm. It's only going to get, if anyone bets, it's probably going to be sharp or very little, you know, fans of the schools, what have you. Anyway, so we would look, we would dig into the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, University of Wisconsin-Green Bay at their school newspapers. We had a dude that would actually call the athletic department and act like he was a reporter trying to get information about who was injured and shit like that. I swear to you. He would call colleges wow. and, and, and college football teams. Every Dude, he had a, a book, this little notebook, and it had phone numbers for every school's athletic department, dude. And he actually had relationships with these people where they actually thought he was calling. He was a reporter to find information about how practice is going. How, is anyone hurt? <laughs> what do you, how do you feel about this weekend? Try to pick up mm-hmm. any nugget. So anyway, that was our job to, as readers. And the, the, the reader would look for tidbits of information that weren't factored into the betting line that other betting syndicates are going to find out also. Because once they bet, the line's going to move. So we knew this line's going to go, that we're not the only ones that are going to find out this information, that we're not the only ones that within the next few hours, people are going to find out that this kid had a, a rough week of practice, that his, his ankle's hurting, that the starting guard, the senior guard, point guard for his team is just not 100%. Word's going to get out. Other betting syndicates are going to find out because they're going to dig in as well. And it's going to move in that direction once they bet because two things move lines, money and respect. Other than, you know, stuff we can't control, injuries, weather, but there's only two things that are going to move a betting line. Again, money and respect. Respect is you're labeled a long-term winner. You pose a threat every time you bet. We respect your opinion more than our own, so we're going to move the line. If you're betting Dallas minus three, then obviously minus three is not the right price for Dallas. It should be three and a half or four. We concede, we'll move that number. Um, That's how they do it. Or money. And even though the public doesn't get respect, the public bets a lot of money. And we see that in MMA because the public moves a lot of these lines. And that's where guys like myself are able to take advantage. In other sports, except NFL where they bet a lot, they rarely move lines. So we're forced to manipulate the market ourselves. We're forced to find mistakes the odds makers made instead of mistakes the market made. See, in MMA, it's a little different. We could sit back and wait for the market to make mistakes, to bet these guys up, to bet these guys down, just because they're betting names. And now getting back to your question, because I don't want to avoid answering it, how do you figure out which way the line's going to move? It's very hard, man. And, And again, for me, it took just years and years of, of, of looking at lines. You got to remember, I bet every day, every single day, 365, Christmas, it didn't matter, every day, um, close to 30 years now, I swear to you. So I've looked at opening betting lines, closing betting lines for every sport. Like tonight, it's Friday. I've already done baseball, college football for tonight and Saturday. MMA, I've bet for Saturday. I'm betting NFL already, Sunday games and Monday games. Like, I've already done bet all into all of these markets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to get out ahead of all of these. And I, I know my edge isn't great, 
So my goal is to get my money in good. Keep getting my money in good. Any small advantage, take advantage of it. That's how you make money betting sports, guys. I don't want to burst anyone's, like, bubble. I don't want to take the love of MMA out of it for you. Like, I want you to have your passion. I want you to keep that because I promise you, having knowledge of the sport helps. In fact, I've learned so much more. I study more MMA now than any of the other sports. Even though NFL season started and college football started, I swear to you, this year, I didn't need to spend the time studying up on those like I've been doing with MMA because now I'm so focused with MMA and when I got signed with the UFC to, to do some things with them, um, I realized, oh my God, this market's even softer than I ever thought. Like before, like I told them when I first met, you know, MMA, UFC, that was something I bet once a month, one Saturday a month. That's what it was to me. You know what I mean? It was a beatable sport that I was able to make money one time a month, maybe twice. You know, that was it. Um, I never really dug into it. I knew the limits were lower. I, you know, there were so many other sports we were taking advantage of. But then I started seeing that, wow, not only are we doing good in MMA, the limits are, are growing. So I started doing a lot more of it, and that's when I started originating stuff on my own and building my own reputation for beating them, you know, in MMA. Um, but now I, I trying to learn more about the, the sport That'll help me be a more efficient, better, you know what I mean? So if you already have that knowledge, don't fight learning how to bet correctly, man. Don't, why, don't fight it, learn it. You don't have to lose the passion for the sport. You could still be that crazy fan, but just know how you're going to approach it if you're trying to do it for money. Again, if you're doing it for entertainment, God bless you. Forget everything I told you, and who gives a shit about the line? Fight the, bet the fighters you think are going to win, and I hope you crush them, dude. I swear to God, I hope you do. I hope you hit 10 team parlays, and you set your life up financially from hitting, from betting MMA. I swear to God, dude, nothing would make me happier than that. We're all on the side of the counter. I'm not your bookmaker. You're not taking my money. I don't care. You know, I like seeing people win. I, I, that's one thing I never understood. How you bash people on, like, for losing? Like, what, you find joy in someone losing their money? That's just disgusting to me. I don't know. I never had mm -hmm. that. Like, I never got happy seeing someone losing a bet. I got happy when I knew the public won, even when I lost. Because I knew the sports books lost. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I mean, I'm just a different dude. But I'm just a little different than that. So that's how I looked at it. But come on, bring some questions, brother. So when you start getting education on the sport does how do you remove the emotion from the education how do, how do you not bet with your emotion on it and stay disciplined honestly that the hardest thing was to do because i was a sports fan like most of us we're not in this by accident you know and and most of us also have some gamble in us you know i, I haven't met a, a winning sports better that didn't have gamble in them you know, and, and that's why for most of us, it takes a while. It takes a long time um, to get over that. You know what I mean? Because you can't be a degenerate gambler and make money gambling. Right. It's not going to work out for you. Um, uh, but as far as losing being a fan, it, for me, it, it was gradual. Meaning, I, because I, you know, I was in Philly, I was bookmaking back then. So I was a, a, a Dallas fan just because I wanted to hate the Eagles. Everyone bet me the Eagles every Sunday. I was a Dallas fan just, just out of spite. But when I, I, 
as years went on and I, I get betting and I went from the bookmaker side to the better side um, and I started betting, one week I was on Team A, the next week I was betting against Team A. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was like, it became, and, and for me it was easy because I was moving steam, so they were someone else's bets. I wasn't originating them. So I was cheering in what they were cheering in. So if we were moving for winning betting syndicates, you know, if it was an NFL crew, they'd give us five NFL games. Even if I was a, a, a Dallas fan, if they bet against Dallas that week, ah, shit, I wanted Dallas to lose. That's where I had my money. You know what I mean? Yeah, so for yeah. me, it came, it came that way because I think I wasn't making the choices. You know, someone else was making the choices. So I think it became easier for me. Oh, I um, but I think if you're making the choices, honestly, I, I do think it's difficult. I, I think the one way to approach it maybe is, is, not, is avoid fights with, with fighters you like. Like avoid them. You know, any, any fighter that, that you, you want to back because you like them, probably avoid those fights, forget backing them or fading them, and, and maybe focus on fights that you're not emotionally invested in at all, I think that may, you know, start helping at least go towards that, to separate yourself from being fanatical and, and you know, being more of a, a better, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's such a hard thing to do, though. I, it, when you're in the sports book... And the energy's there, and let's say you're even attending the event. That's what happened to me. I was in Vegas, and I was, I've was i been to Vegas a few times for events. I'm actually going uh, back in December for, I think, 2.45. So, if you, I mean, you're from Vegas, I'm so here. I'd love to meet up with you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%, man. I'm here. Hey, let's do it. So, yeah, when I'm in the sports book and you have... You're excited for the event, and you know most of the fighters, and but there's, of, of course, you have a few favorites on the card that's where it gets hard is you might even know better you might know stylistically that the guy that you want is gonna lose but you're gonna put money on him anyway because he's the dog and he's he's the fan favorite but people get so caught up in that emotion without the experience that you have without that discipline of knowing better how to bet i have i have the opposite problem i swear to you where i have to place bets that i know or that i feel are gonna lose but I have to bet them. And, and here's a perfect example of that. I have to bet, um, what's it called? Um, I, I, it's spelled Ramos, but I know it's Hamosh now mm. after doing the show. Plus 280, um, right, against Makachev? Yeah, I have to bet him. Um, I don't think he's going to beat Makachev. He's not. He's probably not. I mean, you know, if I'm being honest with you, um, if you put a gun to my head honest, and told me, you have to pick this, the winner of this fight or we're going to shoot you in the head, I'm going to say Makachev, but I'm betting Ramos. And the reason for that is simple. All my work, everything I did concluded Makachev should win this fight around 66% of the time, 65. Um, so the betting line on a winner of a, a 65% winner is around 195. So let's just make it minus 200. Mm. He should be minus 200. So that means Ramos has about a 30, 35% chance of winning. He should only be plus 200. But because of the value, you bet the line. Plus 275, I have to bet him. Blindly. It doesn't even matter. I have to bet him. I have to bet him at at plus 290. See, that is the key right there because most people, like let's say same type of situation, they're just not going to touch it. 
they're just not going to touch the line. They're going to say, you know what, I would probably take Makachev at minus 200, but because he's minus 360 now, I'm not going to touch it. But you're yeah, looking for you're looking for the value of the yeah, line. Yeah, that's just too much to, to over to, to not take. Right. That's just like again. I told you my handicap says Makachev wins this fight sixty five percent of the time. Here's the only problem with that: if you're betting Makachev right now, like let's say right now you want to bet Makachev, you need to conclude, okay? Because what is he right now? Uh, minus minus three seventy five. I said. I think he's Something minus. Like I, I I found him for minus three sixty before we started the podcast. Okay, so minus three sixty. That's close to eighty percent. Because minus four hundred's eighty percent. So three sixty off the top of my head, I'd say it's around seventy seventy eight percent of the time. Seventy seven seventy eight percent of the time. So he's got to win eighty percent of the time, pretty much, to break even. Not for you to be profitable, for you to break even. Now, if you learn to bet them, you got to have some kind of edge, right? Or else, why would you be betting? Like, you're not going to pay juice, pay vig to flip a coin. We all know that's a losing bet. So you have to have some kind of edge. So obviously, if you're betting Makachev, you had to have concluded he's got a 90% chance of winning, right? Because you have to have some kind of edge, at least an 85% chance. So my question to you is... If you concluded Makachev has an 80, 85% chance of winning this fight, why didn't you bet him at minus 200? Why not at minus 220, 250? You're going to bet him now at minus 350? That's exactly the key right there. Finding the, the right time to take the pick. That makes no right. sense. You're, you're, even if he wins, that's a bad bet. You're devaluing your own money at that point. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Even if he wins, even if he wins, you made a bad bet. And if you continue doing that, you're a mathematical certainty to go broke. How do I know that? Because when I look out my window, there's a hundred beautiful buildings, gorgeous chandeliers, <laughs> and, and they give you comp everything, free food, free drinks, free meals, free rooms. That's how I know. You don't make money that way, man. You're not making bad bets you do it placing good bets I that's why i didn't i didn't take you know makachev at minus 200 when he opened because that was the right price that's what i had him priced at minus 200 that's 67 percent. i said 65 66 so i thought he was priced right to me that's a no bet i don't want to bet that fight now that they moved like that what choice do i have i do this to make money hmm so and you're yeah exactly. I have an so, edge right there. And then that's he your edge. Lose. That's your edge when when Hamos becomes the bigger dog than he probably should be in the fight. That's it. That's all. That's go. the only. That's the only conclusion that needs to be drawn. I love the it. Handicap, I'm so glad that we just exposed that. The, the rest of the handicap is irrelevant. I don't want to hear about his style, dude. Don't tell me about his style. I want to know what are the chances he wins this fight compared to the line. What is the, what's your implied probability? If you can't answer me that question, what are you betting for? Well, when what's it comes to MMA, what factors are you looking for when you're saying, when you're looking for percentages for how, like you're saying uh, Makachev, for instance, 65, right? 65% chance he should win. What evidence are you looking for to get to that number? Oh, how do I derive my implied win probabilities? Correct. Uh, there's, uh, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be cryptic and shit like that, obviously. No one wants to hear that. Um, but it's taken me a very long time, and I work with a computer programmer that is out of a technical university that's created a program for 
power rating MMA fighters, and we've been feeding it data for the last, you know, shit, seven, eight years, um, and went back and fed it mo more data, and the stuff we're looking at is um, their opponent's, opponent's record, opponent's rank that we would have had them at, their winning percentage, their ratio of subs to knockouts to we have we've quantified all those things quantified certain gyms just like in football what's home field advantage worth it's worth three points at this field but for this team it's only worth two two and a half points and how do you do that you add the team's points at home minus the points on the road divided by how many games you come out with a home field advantage anyway Kind of like that, um, but with MMA. And then when we add in a lot of, of different factors uh, as far as their analytics, um, when you look at uh, the, the one site, um, UFC Stats, we, we'll download all those analytics that they, they have on there. You know, there's strikes per minute, there are takedowns per 15 minutes, all mm -hmm. that stuff. It's all worth something. All of it is worth something. Um, and you jumble it all together, shake it up, and it spits out a percentage, man. I swear, isn't any harder than that. I could go down every fight and tell you what we concluded the winning percentage should be, what the finishing percentage should be, the over-under, whether it should be, you know, two and a half, whether the over should be favored, the under should be favored, one and a half, the over-favored, under-favored, three and a half, over-favored. Like, that's what we take it down to a science like that. And that's what makes me laugh that with the MMA community where they're like, this guy don't know MMA, this guy don't know anything about these guys. This is, you know, are you kidding me? Do you know that the, the details that I've had to get to to come out with these implied probabilities? The only thing is, it's up to me, I don't, and please don't take this the wrong way, I don't care about which athlete we're talking about. To me, they're, it's data, they're numbers. It's fighter A versus fighter B. And I'm looking at the data of fighter A, I'm looking at the data of fighter B, and I'm creating an implied win probability for fighter A and fighter B, and then I'm comparing that to what the sports book has. And that's what makes you and, such a professional, because that's the betting, discipline honestly, everyone else lacks. Within the next five or seven years, when I'm done and I hang it up, I am going to leave that behind. I'm going to say this is how I created my power ratings, man. Have at it. So, that's my goal. Uh, there's a couple things I want to get through before I let you go. I want to get through the UFC 242 card. We're going to get your picks. And then, uh, if you don't mind, maybe briefly, I just want to go over some things in your past. Exactly find out how you got to where you are today from where you started. Because you've, if anyone's overcome adversity, you've overcome adversity. That's just what I know from researching you. So, hearing it from your perspective... Uh, would be a pleasure for all of our followers to hear I think but I want to begin with UFC 242 and then we'll dig in to you and your past and then I'll let you enjoy your weekend in Las Vegas yes sir cool so do you have a particular fight you want to start with or is is it cool if I just start naming a couple yeah fights yeah or? you name the fights I'll tell you what I have on it and cool. if I bet it uh Bilal Muhammad versus Sato uh I, I actually you know here's the thing I, I think Muhammad's gonna win this fight um I really do. Um, the only problem is the price is too high. Uh, he's another guy where we came out with somewhere around that 63, 64% range that he should win this fight. Mm. And at plus 300, for me, it's Sato or pass. Um, again, I would not be surprised if Muhammad wins this fight. 
at all, at all, actually, would not be surprised. Um, you know, this is only Sato's second UFC fight. The advantage he has as far as physically is only a two-inch reach advantage, and he's two years younger. We like that as well. Those are things you could quantify, age, reach, stance. Those are things that you can quantify. They have advantages and disadvantages. And I think you're just paying for the price of Muhammad being hot of late, having won five of his last six, his six fights. But you're not getting a discount. And again, at this price, I think you have to bet the underdog or leave it alone. He opened minus 250. I see him as high as minus 440 right now at Bookmaker. So, I mean, all the value is gone, win or lose. I appreciate so much that we already exposed that finding the fighter at the right value or bet the dog. That's, that's I think, was like the key to almost this whole hour and a half that we've done already because a lot of people will see, oh, you know what, Muhammad opened at minus 200, but he's minus 370 now, but whatever, I'll just toss him in my parlay because he's probably going to win anyway. I feel like that's yeah. the attitude that most casual bettors would have rather than... It is, and, yeah. and the only thing I ask them, and honestly, please, anyone watching this that's like, oh, this dude don't know what the fuck he's talking about, oh, he's a dick, uh, this asshole, he don't know shit about MMA, he don't make no money betting sports, here's what I'm tell I'm asking you to do. Forget answering me. Answer yourself. Look in the mirror and answer this simple question. What are your lifetime earnings betting on sports? Truthfully, your lifetime earnings. If they are negative, then I'm something you should be listening to me. If they're positive, then ignore me. You're doing it right. I love it. Keep doing what you're doing. You have an edge. God bless you. I hope they never figure out what that edge is and you could exploit it to financial freedom for the rest of your life, baby. I swear to God, I hope you do. Because obviously you have an edge. But if your lifetime earnings are negative, please don't bash me and, and, and tell me I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Because mine are positive. That's the only thing I, 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 I hang my hat on. That my lifetime earnings betting sports, I'm up money. And that's why you're exactly where you are. And that's why those people are exactly where they are. You know, I mean, this is you've made such a reputation for yourself for knowing what you're doing. And it goes past knowing who to pick for because you're again, you're not focusing on who's the better fighter, or who's the better football team. And this team has better offense. You're picking you're you're placing enough bets within a year, educated bets and finding the lines at the right time to profit regarding the result. Right? That's it. That's yeah. more value to me than anything. A guy that could predict for me which way the line's going to move is more valuable to me than a guy that could pick sixty percent winners. 100%. If you could, if you, if you could predict the the correct way the line's going to move seven out of ten times, compared to a guy that could give me sixty percent winners, I'll take the guy that could predict the, the line movement seven out of ten every day. That guy's so much more valuable to me. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. That's why. Uh, again, that's why I've been following you for so long is for the education rather than the, the picks. Yeah. I tweeted a ticket. I have LSU plus one tomorrow against Texas. If you look, they're minus seven. I don't care if LSU doesn't win. <laughs> that's a great bet. Right. If you don't see that, and I, 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 like, I'm not just making that up. There, there's a picture on my Twitter. Of two tickets with LSU plus one. And now LSU is minus seven. That's what I do. I place good bets. That, that's all I do. I walk around the city and I look for good bets. And I placed that one August 23rd. Two, two plus almost three weeks before the game was going to be played. Why? Because I knew that line is off. 
Why? Because I trust my power ratings. Because my power ratings told me there's only two teams in all college football that should be favored over LSU on a neutral field. It's Alabama or Clemson. Now that I see they have Texas favored over them, I know they're wrong. So I'm going to bet LSU, and that's what I did. Now the market agrees with me because LSU is a seven-point favorite. They may lose. They may not win the game. But it, they, I made a great bet because the market's concluded LSU should be a seven-point favorite. And I don't see anyone running to take Texas plus seven. So obviously I made a good bet. If You, don't, you know what I'm saying? And now if they win, great. That's even better. But I know if I have to do is keep repeating that process, have to keep finding good bets and not worry about my results. I have a drawer full of tickets. My goal is to throw out less of them than I'm going to take to the casino to cash. That's it. Which ones I throw out or cash, I don't give a shit. It don't matter to me. It's not like one bet's going to make me and one's going to break me. Right, there's no emotion involved. never going to happen. No single bet single day, single week, month, or year is going to change anything from me. That, that's why I tell people I don't deal with people that aren't serious. Like, I don't go soliciting, touting people to, to, to be with my service. That's not what I do. Like, now in 2019, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not even sure if we're up or it hasn't been a great year. Um, but coming into 2019... I won five straight years, and like I said, last year was a 500% return. So over the last 13 months, I know I'm up. Over the last two years, I know I'm up. Over the last six months, I don't even know. I haven't even done the math yet. <laughs> At the end of the year, in another three months, I'm going to do the books, and I'm going to see it. Did we have a winning year? That's all I care about. If we didn't, oh, we need to turn it up next year because, okay, we've won five out of six, but let's not make it five out of seven. Let's make it six out of seven. That's the goal. That's how I approach it now. I don't approach it like I, I got to win that UFC 242. So let's give them some more winners. Which fights, brother? Uh, Felder and Barboza. I know you kind of went over it briefly and, and you gave the over pick at plus 120 when the line was there, but I kind of want to hear your perspective more on that fight as well. Man, this, this fight has me going back and forth, and I'll, I'll tell you what. I bet that it does go to distance. I think it does. Um, I don't think we're going to see a difference from last last time they, they, they fought as far as the, the distance prop goes. This is the fight that I think is going to hurt a lot of betters um, if Barbosa wins, and here's why. Felder's getting one-sided action. Every bookmaker I spoke to is getting Felder money. And it's from the public, not sharp money. Mm. They're all betting Felder, and, and I don't blame them. I mean, if you look at the trajectory of both fighters since that fight, Felder's kind of more on an up, where well, I think Barbosa's been more leveled. At least after that Khabib mauling, he hasn't looked the same. He's been finished in, what, two of his last three losses, um, and never a good thing. But when you look at some of the physical factors, and you see he's got a five-inch reach advantage, He's, you know, two years younger. Though Again, those are things we could quantify. And he's already beaten him. And we know just historically, if you blindly, if you did nothing else but said, I'm just going to stay in bed, and on Saturdays when there's UFC, I'm going to look, is there a, a rematch? And I'm going to bet the winner of the first. Since UFC won, you're 62%. You've cashed six out of ten tickets betting the winner of, of, of the first one the second time. Now, you're saying, okay, well, the fight game's changed since, since UFC won. Well, good, because Odd Sharks uh, actually did a, 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 a smaller sample size going back since 2012. 
and they put out their data. It's out there. So I'm not taking credit for it. I didn't compile it myself. That's why I laugh when people do all these analysis. And I'm like, none of that's proprietary. All you're doing is regurgitating stats that someone else compiled and, and, and analysis that you heard somewhere else. Like, what are you telling us that's proprietary, that's valuable? Um, so again, this isn't proprietary. This is info that's out there. Since 2012, the winner of the first has won the second 42 of 60 times, 70% of the time. And mm. if you bet $100 on them each time, you're up over $1,400 um, betting the winner of the first. And if they're favored in the, in the second, like Barboza is, they win 78% of the time. So there's all these factors that, that support the Barboza side, physically, trends, um, except what our eyes tell us, the eye test supports Selder. That's why betters are taking Selder. But if there's one thing I've learned in my, in my life is that eyewitness testimony is the least reliable. We already know that. The courts That's have told right. us that. That's right. Don't trust what your eyes tell you or what you saw last. Try to forget it and trust the numbers. They don't lie. Look at the, and I, I, I think it, Felder's going to, if Felder loses, the books are going to have a great night because it's going to crush all the parlays. Um, if I have to bet this fight, I'm betting Barbosa. I haven't bet the side uh, only because, again, we, we drew up that Barbosa should win this close to 62% of the time. So he should be about a one. 60 favorite he's around 140 you know not much value there small margin you know enough if you if you if you're not looking for the greatest advantages it's probably worth a bet especially since you could get 140 um you know and and i think he should be around that minus one 160 range 62 percent probably right there 61 minus 165 so yeah if you could get minus 140 on a minus 165 you have a margin for profit not a bad bet yeah, I'm not racing to make it, uh, but yeah, I, I would look to the Barbosa side cool. or leave it alone. And for the main event, Poirier versus Khabib. Uh, yeah, that, the train's Poirier's lost the station. Two. This is Khabib's fight to win, but not at that price. Uh, Poirier's plus 270, that. I believe, and Khabib's minus 370. At 370, Khabib's got to win this fight 79% of the time just for you to break to break even, not to turn a profit. So if these guys met, if they're gonna, I know they're not going to fight 10 times. They're only going to fight once. If they were going to fight 10 times, he would have to win eight just to break even if you bet Khabib. So for you to have an edge, because again, if you're betting to make a profit, you better be betting with an edge. Otherwise, you're paying juice to flip a coin, and we all know if you pay 11 to 10 to flip a coin, you're going to lose money long term, even if you win that first coin flip or those first 10 coin flips, that eventually those coin flips are going to cost you your bankroll. So again, getting back to the Khabib, at mm -hmm. minus 385, that's 79%. So if I want to have a 5% margin, 7% margin, I have to conclude he should win this fight 85% of the time. Are you telling me that Poirier is not even going to show up? Khabib's just going to be in there by himself? No way. So I can't bet it. But here's the, the, the flip side of that. At plus 325, if you look at the plus 325, the even point is 23%. Like I said, I got Khabib at 75%. I think the line should be minus 315, minus 300 for Khabib, right around there. And you're not getting that, um, the plus money that you need to be profitable on Poirier. They priced it right. I can't stress this enough. Do you know 
that only 6% of betting lines offer even a 10% advantage. And here's what I mean. Let's not forget, you think, say 10%, well, that's a lot. No, because it's only 5% in your pocket. Because remember, the sportsbook has a built-in edge. You have to lay a big. That's about a four and a half, five percent hold that they have. Out of every hundred dollars, they know they're going to make five. So you have to overcome that five percent hold. So that's your edge. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. you need that to turn a profit at the end of the day. And so only six out of every hundred opening lines offer a ten percent advantage. So only six out of every hundred are even bettable. That's what I'm telling you. This line where it is right now, it's not bettable. Both sides are bad bets. It's priced perfectly for the sports books to profit. I I get it. One guy's going to win. I understand that. One ticket will cash. I get that. We know that. That's obvious. But either side is not a good bet because Khabib at minus 400, you're paying too much. Dustin at, at plus 330 or whatever, you're not getting enough. So you got to leave it alone and look for bets that you can make money, that you can find an edge. And I found that in that this one gets finished inside the distance. We already know title fights number one. You know, 65% of them, 64% of all title fights get finished inside the distance. And we know the champ ends up winning them 65% of the time. But in those 35%, of the time that the challenger wins, seven out of 10, he does so inside the distance. So if the challenger wins, it's highly probable he's gonna do so inside the distance. At least that's what history tells us. Um, And I think we got a good price here because of the fact, if you look at historically, you know, over the last couple of fights, Khabib's had, you know, two, if you look at his last four fights, two and two, two have gone to a decision, He's had two finishes. If you look at his last, what, eight fights, I think he's got like, what, five decisions and, and only three finishes. So because of, of recency bias, I think there's even some value there. Uh, so that's the way I bet it. Again, I'm looking to make good bets, and I thought there was some value on that this will not go to distance. We'll find out Saturday night if I'm right. Um, but that's the bet I made. So the over is... It's over three and a half at minus one thirty, and under three and a half at even money is what I'm seeing for this fight in particular. So you would I, you would value the under three and a half at even money? I feel like usually it's up over four and a half. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. That's what I'm telling you. I don't think this one's going the distance, dude. I, I really don't. I really don't. I, 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 because three and a half is uh, you know two minutes thirty seconds into the fourth round. Yeah, not. Nah, yeah, I would go under. I, I would go under, especially at plus money, for sure, because I had to lay juice. I, I laid mm-hmm. minus 135, I think, um, that the fight doesn't go to distance. I just thought that line, it dropped. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was moving way the wrong direction, personally. Um, I, I disagreed with the market there, but we'll find out who's right. I think the prop bets just came out for my bookie, which is a website that I've been using recently. To not go the distance... No is now minus 175. All right, I bet minus 135 and 140. We bet it twice, so not bad. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. That's what I'm looking to do, man. That's all I'm looking to do. And so do you have any other picks on the card in general that I didn't go over that you want to give out? 
yeah, let me look down. Um, I don't like to bet a lot of juice. Um, and, and actually, even on, on the show that we did at the time with the information I had in my hand, um, I thought Fajeda uh, <laughs> offered some value at that plus. Uh, but when that line dropped, like it has of late, you know, now it's starting to move in the other direction, but it had gone up, then it came back down. Um, I thought there was some value on Taisimov at the favorite price, and I just want to get that out there because, again, I had um, on the show, again, with the information I had, I thought that price was a little bit too high. The more I went into it, the more the line moved. I disagreed. Um, and real quickly, the bets that also that I have going, I have uh, Taleb. I bet Taleb at minus 110. Um, and I think we bet him at even money also. Well, Andrea Lee, I bet Andrea Lee minus 170. And I bet Liana Jujua, Jujua uh, when that line came down, it was at like minus 190, came down to 130. I was like, dude, that's way too Whoa. low. I know it's, this girl's making her debut. Yeah, not all that much to like with Sarah Morris. So we, we, we bet the dog there. I mean, the favorite at plus minus 130. And that line's moved back up. Not the worst bet. Yeah, that's a, at a minus 160 right now. Yeah, that, that's what I have planned. And like I said, man, I, I think Muhammad wins, but at plus 300, Sato is the way to look. And again, I'm so glad that we, we got to expose that to bet to overvalue your money. Those are the bets you're looking for. And uh, a lot of people, casual people like me, wouldn't even think about that. I didn't really think that that was a thing. I never really cared about line movements and finding the the line at the right time and piggybacking and taking both sides uh, at different times once the line moves around like these are new things that i'm getting exposed to and i'm just so glad that you're putting that out there and you're making well, you're, you're showing what you're different an, an intelligent man you know that you saw that way there's some substance there you know like mm -hmm. this makes sense you know like i'm not just talking shit dude i'm not just making stuff up like no, no, i had no. to live this i went through hell dude i went through hell to get to where I'm at. It has not been easy. I went through broke weeks, broke months, you know, having to, to get remedial jobs. I worked as a bartender at a casino for months. I got a real estate license to try to sell houses on the side for months and shit. I did whatever I had to do until I learned how to be a winning better. Again, I had access to winning information and I still wasn't able to use it to profit because I didn't know how to bet. I didn't know it was as important when I'm going to place my bet as who I'm going to bet. I didn't know that back then. I thought, well, these guys win. They're the best in the world. They like Dallas minus three. Who gives a shit? It's minus four and a half. I'm still going to bet it. These guys win. And then I found out that's how you go broke, Yanni. That's how you go broke. Mm -hmm. And it took a while, and I went, like I said, it wasn't easy. How you have so much education, how much experience that you have to get to where you are. Your website is thebigmoves.com, right? That's where people yeah, can I get provide, on your team. Um, on those, huh? I, I provide a subscription there under the acronym NFAC. And the reason we did that was because it's not, it's what that subscription you, it includes, excuse me, is my best bets plus the strongest legit moves from winning sources and wise guys and betting syndicates I have access to. And then I collaborate um, with wagertalk.com and I, if I have like a big play, I'll make it available there because they, I do some content with them, you know? But again, I, I promote my Twitter and you know, my Instagram and more than anything else, because that's, I, I figure if people want that kind
line of information, subscriber information, they'll go find it. They'll find me. I don't have to push it down anyone's throat, man. You know, I'm 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 not the I'm very good at what I do, dude. I'm, I'm very very good at what I do. I'm lucky enough that the internet has allowed me to reach out to enough people that now I, I have enough people every month that want my information that I'm comfortable, that I don't have to solicit, that I don't have to bullshit, and, and I don't have to promote games of the years and shit like that, that I could do it the way you're supposed to do it. Thank God that technology has allowed me to reach, that enough people have, have heard about and reached out to me um, that I could do what I love, you know? Yeah, and you're only going up from here, too. And I'm. It's just, again, it's just such a pleasure to have you on because I've done some interviews with some amazing people, but this is one that I gotta say I was the most excited for, to pick and you please, apart, Any pick bad stuff, any bad stuff, please ask, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because I'm sure there's been, there's tons of bad stuff written about me. <laughs> well, they don't make you look perfect, I'll say that. No, I mean, there's even a blog made that, that I defrauded people by half a million dollars, dude, you know that? Uh, I've, seen, I've seen some shit, we're gonna get into it. I mean, uh, from the research that I got, though, I'm, there's some there's some things I really want to get into as just as far as your life story, the things that you've gone through to get to where you are now. I think, I think so many people would get motivated from it and it's just so admirable. I, I hope I did my research right, but I mean, at 15, you ran away, you with marbles, you were shooting marbles to make cash. Um, you've played pool, played poker, all di every card game you can possibly imagine. You've taken nothing and made millions of it then lost all of it in the same week and i just kind of want to get into like how did you become who you are and starting from even when you were a kid at 15 years old if if i did my research correctly and you left you, you must have grown up i mean really quickly yeah i did um i was i was raised in an area where, where gambling was accepted it was like everyone did it you know what i mean like the, the cop that walked our beat used to bet with the bookie on our street. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a big deal. Like that we had a deli down the street that was a bookmaker and you went and, play, and placed your bets and then the fish store next to them took the numbers. So you could play the, the street number instead of like the state number, how they had the daily number. Back when I was growing up, there was the street number. And you played the street number because the street number wouldn't hold taxes. They would give you more than, you know, if, if, the, if the regular state lottery gave you 200 to 1, the street lottery gave you 250 to 1, you know? And you could play for 10 cents back then and 50 cents. And so the, the street lottery was huge back then um, if you were a numbers runner. So I grew up in an area where there was nothing but numbers runners, uh, bookmakers, People gambling, uh, you know, I, shit, I remember gambling, pitching quarters when I was like six years old, you know what I mean? Um, I remember getting in trouble in first grade because telling the story, like, I, my uncle, this is a true story, bro, this is a true story, would take me to the horse track when I was six years old and would told me it was the zoo. I had no idea. No like, way. Well, I thought we were going to the zoo because I got to see horses. You got to remember, bro, I, wow. I was born to Greek parents. My parents didn't speak English. We came off the boat. We were very poor. Um, you know what I mean? Just hardworking people, not educated, laborer type people. You know what I mean? Hard workers. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I have a, I had a, one of those playboy uncles that's 71 and been, you know, engaged 40 times but never married. You know, <laughs> one of those kind of guys. 
that would take me to the horse track, I swear to you, and tell me it was the zoo. So anyway, how you stand in front of the class on Monday, say what you did this weekend. Well, I said, I went to the zoo, and they're saying, wow, what animals did you see? I said, horses. And they're like, what else did you see? No, horses. What else did you see? I saw a dog, you know, a couple of dogs. <laughs> because um, they kept them in the paddocks, you know, for to be hang out with the horses, but that's all I saw, horses. And, okay, what else did you do? I'm like, I, we won money, and my uncle got me ice cream and took me to Toys R Us. Dude, the lady just lost <laughs> it right there. No lie, they wanted to have a parent-teacher conference. Fortunately for me, my parents didn't speak English, so that didn't go down, you know? It was just like, but those are the kind of growing up that I was around, you know? So gambling was accepted. I was betting and and like i said picking quarters playing cards playing on the street um from a kid then then i started realizing wait the guys that are making the money are the guys that are taking the bets not the guys placing the bets mm. so i started bookmaking and i started holding like in my basement i would deal blackjack i would roll out a, a, and play craps like i i created a, a more or less little makeshift casino in my basement that anyone could come by and knock, we called it Fantasy Basement. And I would deal you cards, I would, whatever you wanted to do, I would do it, you know? And like a, a couple times you made it, you were rich for a few months, then I was broke for a few months, you know how that goes, no discipline as a child. Eventually I got into the sports more, the bookmaking more seriously, you know, I got into high school and, and started bookmaking people older than me and stuff like that. And I actually created a decent sized book, uh, a big enough book where I got infiltrated by a sharp better. And until then, I was under the impression, like every other bookmaker on the planet, that everyone loses. Back then, bookmakers thought everyone lost. They didn't realize there were wise guys out there that actually could beat them. And that's why back then, I mean, people didn't move lines. They didn't give a shit. They'd read you the, the point spread from the newspaper that was printed on Monday on Saturday. They didn't care. They thought everyone just lost. I thought so, too. Those are the lines I was using. I didn't have no line service. I looked at whatever the Daily News had. And that's what I read off as the point spread. So it could have moved three points in Vegas. I didn't know that. I didn't care. There's not no sharp guys that were going to take advantage of me. There were kids betting parlay cards and shit like that. Um, so anyway, this one guy infiltrates me and says, hey, you know, I'm thinking he wants to bet the Eagles. And he's like, yeah, can you get me five, give me 500 a game? The biggest better I had back then was like 100 a game, you know? And I said, yeah, but, you, you know, you're going to have to post up for that. I'm not going to stand for it. You, you got to put the money up. Let me hold a couple thousand and bet away. Um, at least I was that smart back then, not to get burned. So anyway, that's what he does. And I'm thinking he's going to bet the Eagles, but instead, he's betting this crazy shit. He's betting these over-unders in college football teams I didn't even know, you know, didn't even care about back then. Um, small conferences, then in NFL, he's looking to bet a second half or a first half. And back then, I didn't even know what the, that they even had those lines and shit. So anyway, make a long story short, he started winning. I'm paying him every week. And, I, and then I meet him one day. I said, dude, what are you doing? Where are you getting these picks? And he said, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth because we grew up together, and I like you. I'm not going to lose to you. He said, the guys that I work with, that's what they do. They win. They bet sports. They get information from Vegas, and they win. And if you want, find bookies and bet the shit. So when I bet you for 500, turn around and bet on top of it. Don't, don't hold on to it. I said, okay, this guy makes some sense. Let me find some bookies. And that's what I did. I found bookies. So this guy would bet me, you know, let's say Cleveland 
minus seven for 500, I'd turn around and I'd bet Cleveland minus seven for 600. 100 on it for myself. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I have no risk. His whole bet's now with another bookie. Well, I started getting really good and acquiring a lot of bookmakers enough to where they invited me into the office. And now all of a sudden, I'm moving games for different groups and creating these networks and stuff. Then I, I got involved and we opened this, this card house, which was a social club, made the mistake of putting poker machines in it. Poker machines were illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. We got raided by the, the feds. And the only reason the feds raided us was because they were following this cop who was a dirty cop. At the time, I didn't know it. All I knew is this cop used to come play poker at my card house. Supposedly, he was a dirty cop. He was being followed. He hung out in this card house every day. So they saw these men going in and out of this card house, nice, nice cars, late at night. They said something's going on here. They hear it's gambling. They think, oh, this is mob related, all this shit. They didn't know it's a bunch of old Greek dudes just playing poker, you know, and, and, and having video poker and stuff. And, and that's how it went down. So anyway, they get raided. Um, that all blows up. I'm like, shit, I got to get out of here till this blows over. You know, fortunately, I didn't get in trouble. It's different if all that stuff's in your name. Anyway, so I, I lay low. Uh, what happens, I take off for a little bit. Everyone up and takes off for a little bit, lets it die down. And then I get the opportunity to come to Vegas. And like I said, I took it. I came here with $600 and not ever been here before. Went up, down, up, down, moved steam, met a lot of people. Eventually, my job became obsolete because offshore market exploded and people didn't need runners anymore. You could just use your mouse to get down millions of dollars. You didn't need a guy like me running from the Mirage to the Bellagio to get your bets down. Because of that, I had to learn to money. I got to bet. I got to learn to bet. And I did that. And that took almost a decade, man. And throughout that, I got involved with this side of it, you know, with the subscription and selling the information. It's kind of how it went down. I mean, it's a much longer story. It would take a much longer time. And I'm always open to share it. And any questions people have, I'm an open book. I've made a lot of mistakes in my past. Uh, I did a lot of good things in my past as well. There's a lot of lies out there, some crazy shit. Like I said, like I defrauded people at a half a million dollars. Yeah, and I used my real name. And somehow I never got charged for a crime. Are you kidding me? Can't even try to steal $50,000, let alone have a million dollars. But that was just competitors because when I broke into the scene of sports betting and pregame did the right thing. Back then, they put out a $10,000 thing. If anyone could prove any of this shit's true, come come collect your, your prize. And it died down because I was a threat to this industry, dude. I actually was real. Even though back then, I didn't know how to use the info to win. I had the info. I had real winning info. And I was able to sell it, and, sh- and, and that was a threat to people. And I actually knew wise guys and knew betting syndicates, and I actually could show bet tickets. I actually was placing wagers, and to the industry, that was a huge biggest threat because it was just the biggest fraud industry. Before the Internet, before transparency, people would say they were 80% lifetime in, in betting. They would put out records like, oh, I'm 82 and 18 the last 100. Are you kidding me? Today, if you did that, no, people would you'd be shut down in three months. Everyone knows that's mathematically not possible. You know what I mean? But back then, you could get away with bullshit. And I was a threat to people. And because of that, they would try to, to bash me and, and, and try to discredit me as much as possible. But because of my 
my true value and not to brag, I survived it all because it was legit. That was lies, and this is legit, and this is real. And the truth always comes to light. That's the one thing I believed. You know, I'm not an angel. I was an altar boy. I am, you know, I, I believe in God. I believe in karma. I, I, I don't try to hurt anybody. If you look at my Twitter, I built my brand with my merit, not by bashing and shitting on people. I don't, nobody, I wish everyone well. I, I focus on my business. I handle my own business. And I, again, I don't bother anybody. I, I not, I'll brag about myself because I'm proud of myself, what, what I've been able to do. And because I, I, only I know how hard it's been. So hell yeah, I am going to take a bow every chance I get, but I'm not going to do it by shitting on somebody. I'm not going to say I'm better than him or he sucks. I should be doing this. To me, that's what children do. Men, right. men get by on their merit. Men show what they're capable of. Right, that's you're what honorable. I did. Yeah, you're an OG. That's what man. I did. I came and I did it like a man. I came here broke. I came here as a child. I came here immature. And I became a man in Las Vegas. And part of becoming a man was becoming a winning sports better. And it wasn't easy. And I made mistakes along the way. And I've learned from the mistakes. And fortunately, learned enough to where I live a comfortable life and a safe life, hopefully. Um, and I can share with this with people. And if you're, if you're, if you don't care, then, you know, no, no problem. But if you are trying to win at betting sports, honestly, bro, I think I can help you. And the truth is, I say this to my wife all the time. I say, I swear to God, if there was, if there was a me that I could have talked to 30 years ago, my life would have been so much easier. I said, if, if there was someone that could have shared this, what I know today with me, oh my God, I would have made the journey in half the time. I say now with the internet and information at people's fingertips, they could make the journey probably in a quarter of the time. Because back then, I had to do everything by pen and paper. If you look at all my stats, all my notes, it's still pen and paper. I'm old school. I that's how that. I do things. That's, how, that's, how, that's all I know how to do things. Um, you guys are, are, are into technology. You're quicker. You're younger. You're faster. Shit, you guys can do it in half. In, in a, like I said, a quarter of the time I did it if you do it right. But you're going to have to do it right, man. There's no shortcuts. And what I'm telling you is just it's truth. It's just fact. And if you don't believe me, look back in this five, ten years from now, you're going to say, damn, that guy actually was right. Because if you're betting the way you're doing it and not the way I'm, I'm telling you the guys that win do it, you're not going to be profitable. I can promise you that. You're not going to be up money. You're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to be broke. You're going to owe your bookie money. You're going to swear. You're going to have nights where you swear I'll never bet again. You're going to you're going to look up to God and say, if I win this bet, I swear God I'll never place another bet. Just let me win this bet, dude. I've been there. I did all that. I I, I owed bookies. I ducked bookies. I I went through that. That was my life, dude. That was me. I'm not ashamed of it. That, that's the road you have to take. That's why I told you I'm an open book. I don't take it as an insult or anything. I did it. I'll share it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll I, own it, man. I have no problem owning it. If I did it, I'm going to own it. You know, but, but, but please understand, I'm an, I was a child. I'm now a man. And if you're going to judge me by childish things I did, then, you know, obviously I'm going to disappoint you. Well, I appreciate the transparency a lot. It means the world. There's so much valuable information that you have what i've really been waiting to ask you this entire time is if you can kind of break down the run the popular i think it was the ten thousand dollar loan that you got that you turned into multi-millions of dollars and then 
lost it and then bounced back? Like, how did you not give up? And how did you... Can you just kind of, like, break down the whole information? I lost all respect for money. That's what happened to me. Even though I was a broke, poor kid, I lost all respect for money gambling. That's That that was the, the worst thing. And that sucks. When it became... The, the money just became a way of keeping score. I mm. didn't have a family at the time. You know, I was by myself. I just had myself to care for. So I was irresponsible. And and I thought, I'm always going to make more. Like, I, even, I, I always told myself I was never poor. I was always broke. Like, it was always just a matter of time. I always believed that. I, from young. Even when... We, like, now I look back and I know we were poor. I didn't know that growing up. Thank God my parents did something right. Where they put the right mentality into me. Where I never thought that. I always thought I was broke and it was just a matter of time. So when I went, lost money... That was actually the best thing that happened to me uh, because it, it taught me to respect it again. Because again, it, it, it just, when you're betting thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars on the outcome of, of a, a three-minute fight, uh, uh, a two-minute Kentucky Derby race, you know what I mean? A three-hour football game on the turn of an of a interception or a fumble, you know, you lose all value for it, especially when the guy sitting next to you just worked eight hours and he's going home with $65 and he busted his fucking ass and all I did was place bets. Believe me, you know how quickly you lose value for money? You start buying shit like fur coats like I did. Like an idiot. I was an idiot. I had rings on every finger. I had a watch that cost more than the freaking apartment that I lived in. Like an idiot. I lived like an idiot. I had a, 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 a car I shouldn't have had. I lived in a place I shouldn't have lived, bought clothes I shouldn't have bought, went to clubs and spent money I shouldn't have spent. Oh, I lost 10 grand on that game. Is there one later? Let's put 50 on it. Let's, let's send this one 40 grand up this week. That's how you lose the tons of money quickly, by being a jerk off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's what I was. That's how I, I lost money. And, and I, I had learned to not be a jerk off, <laughs> to put it that way. You know, I'm just being honest, bro. I'm just being honest. Because back then, if you would have grabbed me, I would have told you, dude, stay away from me. I know everything. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my 20s. I've made more money already than you're ever going to see in your life. What are you going to tell me? What, what can you possibly have to tell me? That was my stupid attitude back then. Until, you know, a year later, you're like, oh, shit. I ain't got money. I got nice clothes. I got a car. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to pawn this shit? I'm going to sell this shit? What am I going to do? Well, you know what? I'm just going to change my life and this shit ain't going to matter to me no more. And it doesn't. But I keep it for reminders, bro. I'll take a picture of my closet and send it to you now. I keep that fur coat with my name engraved on the inside. Hell yeah. I actually paid them to engrave my name into it like an idiot. <laughs> I'm just, that, those are, that's how you lose money. You know what I mean? But then eventually, I have a wife, I have a child, and I grew up, man. I grew up. And, and I realized things don't just come. Like, you can't just flip a switch. And it's going to be hard work. Like, see, you can't just wait for big money to come. You're gonna, the way that you're going to get the big money is small money, little at a time. That was never a concept to me. My concept was I'm going to be a millionaire because one month I'm going to make a score. That's how I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm not going to earn a million dollars. What are you kidding me? Who the hell's got time for that? 
at that age. I wasn't thinking I'm going to earn a million dollars. I was thinking I'm going to win a million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Shit. so and so is that me? what is that what and then, kept you and then it changed, back? and all of a sudden, I, what I said is, I, I earn my living, I earn my comfort. I don't win it anymore, dude. I'm not out to win anything. I'm out to earn right. it. You know. How does it feel though to because you were playing super high stakes just about everything, poker, dice. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Blackjack. I was, I, bro. I've had you know ten thousand dollar hands where I doubled down and split four times. You know what I mean? Mm. No lie. Where there's like sixty, eighty thousand on the blackjack on on three on right there on the outcome of that deal or flipping over his card, it's going to be either I have one sixty my way or a minus eighty on the flip of one card. You know, like real money, real money. And that's why I tell people, no, I don't, I'm not bragging or nothing, but I've enjoyed that. You know what I mean? Honestly, I don't want it to sound all bad because the truth is I wouldn't trade it. Like that's the honesty of it. Life's nothing but memories. And I made a ton of good ones that I could promise you. There were some great nights when you have, when you're making money and you're making scores, you know what I mean? And people want to be around you. Believe me, it's a good, fun lifestyle until it all comes crashing down. Right, because there was multiple then, times where you did that. You made all this money and then lost it within weeks. Exactly. All of it. And it's happened to me multiple times. And then never again. And then one day, never again. You know what I mean? And that's mm. the story. That's the part I love. Because I could have kept going down that road like most guys I know did. And I could name you a couple of them that are still doing the exact same thing, that we all came up together, you know? And right now, they may be flying private jet, and three months from now, they may call me up and be like, Ace, can you pay my rent this month? You know? Yeah. And I love them, and I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it came a day where I was like, no more, dude. No more. And, and I live by one quote, and I have it in front of me, and I kept it. It sounds lame, but I kept it taped in front of my desk. I kept it up on my mirror. It was the first thing I saw when I went to brush my teeth. I repeated it to myself as often as I could. And it was this one mantra, and it was, treat it like a business, it'll pay me like a business. Treat it like entertainment, it's gonna cost me like entertainment. So that's it. Do everything you do, treat it like a fucking business. And if your actions don't reflect that, then you're not. If if I'm betting a minus 300 when it was minus 200 yesterday, then I'm not treating it like a business, am I? No, I'm treating it like entertainment. My action's not reflecting I'm treating it like a business, so you know what? My result's gonna reflect that as well. Whether this bet wins or not, the ultimate result's gonna reflect I'm not treating it like a business. So do I really care about cashing this one bet, or do I care what my life's gonna look like over the next five years? When you grow up, you care a little more about the next five years. When you have a child and you think, how is she going to pay for her college? How is she going to be, if I get hit by a car, if I die, how is my wife going to continue her, the same, affording her same life, comfortable lifestyle? Those are the things you think of. When you're young, you think today, I'm never going to die, I'm going to live forever. And if I do die, I don't want to fucking leave, leave a bunch of shit here. I want to take it with me. And I, I think that's what happened to me. I think I just grew up, man, to be honest with you. I re- um, this was like a psychiatry session for me. I needed it. Thank you. Seriously. <laughs> My like, pleasure. I like that's what happened. Like, I, I grew up. And, and I see so many young, passionate, smart, man, real smart, smarter than I ever was, more talented than I ever could wish to be, 
inarticulate than I than my dyslexic mouth could spit. And I'm like, dude, like why are you becoming why are you your worst enemy? Your one single flaw is gonna stop you from all the success you can have. You know what I mean? You're 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 just your lack of acceptance that maybe you don't know everything, that there's some things someone can show you. You know what I mean? That yeah, there's some yeah. things that, that you could become more efficient in. Because it cracks me up, man. I see these guys and they're like, I'm up 150 units this year. And I don't bet units, bro. My bookies don't take units. My supermarket don't take units. My No one takes units that I know. Everyone I know is when I want to pay, they take cash. And here's the difference. That if I lose 100 units tonight, my roof's over my head, my kid's eating, my car's still in front of my house, and tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to fire 100 more units. But guess what happens when I lose 10 grand? And I got to wake up the next morning and there's only, you know, 800 bucks in my pocket. And it's September, so we need school books. It's the beginning of the month, so we have our bills. Now go to the sports book and let me see you make some money again. That's what I had to do. Not bet units through some website to prove to you I win betting MMA. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Stay in your virtual world, I'll stay in my real world. And there's so many people who would have just given up after going through all the losses that you have. What I don't have you- that in me, dude. I don't have it in me. I don't, honestly, not like I'm some tough guy, right? I'm not at all. At all. I don't even think I'm mentally strong, to be honest with you. Um, I never gave myself that credit. Like, I'm some mentally strong dude. Um, but I, I honestly, I knew what I wanted to do. There was nothing else I wanted to do. When my father passed away, my, my, my trajectory changed when my father passed away. My goal was to go to school, to, you know, like most kids. Once mm-hmm. my father passed away, I became a man overnight. I had no choice. I had a mother that didn't speak English. That, you know what I mean? Like, you got to eat, dude. And so the you school, I mean? the school like, route wasn't even an option for you because, again, you, you said, as you said how, earlier how in the my, podcast. How, how was me and my mother going to eat? Right, exactly. And that's what you said but, earlier in the podcast is like, I'm not going to earn a million dollars. I'm going to win it, right? Yeah. But you won it with your education. <laughs> and, I, and I realized I had to earn it to win it. Yeah. Like, I, I, this money that I, I, I made betting sports, I didn't win it. I earned every damn penny of it. I didn't win shit. I win, I hit a couple, I won a couple parlays along the way. Those are winning, because that was luck. But the money I've made in my life now, that I'm able to do what I do, and that I know for the rest of my life, thank God, that at least I could afford this level of comfort. I'm not gonna own any island. I don't fly fucking charter everywhere. But I live comfortably, I could afford, you know, to be comfortable, dude, to do this for myself, for at least from my beginnings, from being born and raised in a row house in, in Philadelphia, coming from very, very meager beginnings, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm good where I'm at. And I, I always knew I was never gonna stop, like, that was it. Once that trajectory changed in my life and I realized I fell in love with sports betting, and, I, and everything with it, I was determined. I was determined to not make a million dollars because I know you could lose a million dollars. I was determined to be a winning better and actually 
have the results to back it up. Like, it's all real. It's all legit. It's not fake. The car's not rented for this video. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Beating MMA bought that. The, 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 the fact that I could work or not work or do what I do or not do what I do, I didn't get that by accident. I did that by, by beating these guys that are so hard to beat. That's how I did it. You know, I, that's what, what bothered me the most about the bashing because I was just like, oh my God. Like, you have no idea what I went through to be in this position and to think that I was just handed this, that the UFC just pulled a name out of a hat and said, oh, this guy, he looks like he fits the part. We'll, we'll put him, we'll, 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 in our, our 25 years in, in a $4 billion company, the first time we're going to brand a, a guy as our, our betting, our gaming expert, and they're just going to pick me out of a hat? It didn't come by accident. Right. It did because they, they did their homework and found out, holy shit, this guy actually won. All these guys say they win. They write all these great articles. They know the sport. But he's the guy that's standing there that's holding the money from actually betting this shit. He's not writing MMA articles. He's not, you know, doing MMA podcasts or doing MMA videos or any of that shit. But every time he walks in the sports book and bets, they move the line. Every time he bets an MMA, you know what I mean? He, he, he crushed them in betting MMA. That's the truth. That, that part's fact. Like, that's already been done. It's been accomplished. That's why I say this is all gravy now. This is all bonus. I don't care. I want to win for people. But I, 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 and, and there's, and I, I want when I do a video for it to win. But I made mine. I got mine already. I, now I just continue doing what I do because it's an investment vehicle and it's free money. It's easy money. Now, now it's just on autopilot. If I didn't know or else I, I wouldn't care. That's why I'm saying like, use me, dude, use me. Are you guys nuts? Use me. Like that's, you're one of the smart guys. The dude, Steve and I did a podcast with one of the smart guys. I'm like, dude, Thank God there are sharp guys that, that actually don't have the ego that'll say, you know what, well, this guy may make some sense. And, and when I did my homework, oh shit, it's legit. It's not all make-believe. Okay, maybe he's an asset at this. Instead of just like, oh, you suck. Oh, you, we, your teeth are there. I hate your voice. Oh, put me on, Dana. Like, really, dude, really? That's your argument? That, that's, that's what you took the time to tell me? Well, all these like things that, that you're describing, it's just an ego, uh, ego battle. Because that's gonna bother, like that. That stuff makes me laugh. Like, do you realize how little that means to me? Like, do you right. really think? Like, even when I reply, because I never look at that shit, but sometimes I want to because it makes me laugh. I swear to you, it it never bothers me. If anything, it's fuel. Like, hell yeah, baby, keep hating. Hate, hate that I'm doing what you want to do. Hate that I'm able to live exactly. a life that, that you're faking. Hate that I win at something you want to win at. That I'm actually doing what you claim you do. But I'm actually doing it. You're claiming it. I'm doing it. Well, you know what I mean? Go ahead. Exactly. Away, dude. Yeah, the keyboard warriors. And even, let's say they don't even gamble. But I mean, the ones that do, they want to be able to tell people like, no, I'm an expert in football. I'm an expert in NBA. I'm an expert in this. They don't realize that if they use your system, they can make money sports betting without having... With their expertise! 
exactly, exactly right. Exactly. If you take your expertise and now I show you how to bet, you're an, you're a fucking animal, dude. You are so dangerous. You're more dangerous than me to these books. This is exactly what I'm telling you. Because I have. I have been approached. And I have. Just like I've, I've flown out to card houses. I, this is no secret. Where they take casinos have flown me in to look at tape. I have a, a, a flash drive right here, bro. I could fucking mail it to you. That a casino sent me. So I could watch. They've taped their player playing like I think it's something like 20 hours of his play. So I could watch it and tell them how he's beating them. I swear to you, dude. Oh, wow. I swear to you, if I'm lying, may I not wake up tomorrow. May every bet I place for the rest of my life lose. <laughs> I, this is the sound of it. This is the flash drive. I just got mail. That it's, it, I haven't even put it in my computer yet, but I know it's 20 plus hours of a guy that's been beating them up. And they don't know how he's doing it. And they sent it to me. Why? Oh, I'm nothing special. No, but they know. This guy actually beat the fucking strip of blackjack. He actually went around. I played in Bulgaria, dude. I played in Sofia, Bulgaria. In, at Novotel Europa. I played in the Bahamas. I played on the East Coast. I played on the West Coast. I took it to another level when I took it. I didn't go play advantage blackjack down the street from my house. I went global with it, dude. You know what I mean? I yeah. took my shit to another level when I took it. I was all when I I'm all in. I'm not I'm I'm not the kind that just I, I you know just sprinkle the pot. I go all in. That's how I roll. Or I don't get involved. And you know, that's how I've always been. And that's why I'm saying they'd be crazy not to. Like if you have all this knowledge of MMA, why wouldn't you want someone that has all this knowledge of betting help you become a winning MMA better? It's exactly. crazy. Just like I read, just like I look at all the stuff that they put out about MMA content. So I learn more about styles, more about the fighters, maybe pick up some advantages that way. And that's why I'm hoping like with the use of this podcast, people start seeing how you differentiate from all these other handicappers because you're not, you're not claiming to be an expert in any sport. You're claiming no, to be an expert even, in profiting from sports. I'm not, I'm not even claiming game. to predict the outcome. I'm not. I'm not predicting outcomes for you, dude. Are you kidding me? Go get a psychic. That's not my job. Dude, go to a, I'm not, that's not my job, dude. I don't predict outcomes. And Are I really hope me? that this podcast exposes that to people because it's something that, it, unless someone's following your social media very closely like I was, they wouldn't understand what you're up to. They just think that you're a guy who makes picks on whether it's fights or golf or NFL. Yeah, and just built a name and talks shit and looks the part and... You know, has a good shtick going. Right, but you're way more than that. And I'm, I'm really hoping hope that so. this exposes that, definitely. I, I really do hope so. Because there's so much, like, that's the one experience I do have, bro. I don't have anything else. Like I said, and, and, and the saddest thing is that with the, with the legalization of sports betting, there's more and more and more and more sports betting content out there. And stop and ask yourself, and I know you've heard me say it before, and I sound like a breaking record, but I'm going to keep repeating this. We know it's factual. The, the casinos who make the money have told us because they're, they're publicly traded companies, so they have to show this. Every month they show what they win. Out here, I lived in Nevada now over 20 years. 
Once a month, it's in our newspaper. What the strip made, what the state made from blackjack, roulette, sports, everything's broken down. It has to be. That's how it rolls. It's a, you know, it's, they're not just a mom and pop store. Um, so they like we know that only one percent of, of sports betters are up long term. They say less than one, but we round it off to one. One percent. Do you really believe that that one percent is spending their day providing content? That they're 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 they're, they're the ones that are writing all the sports betting content that we're all reading and watching and listening to. Of course they're not. You know who we're reading, we're learning from? The 99% that loses betting sports. That's who you're learning from. That's who you're learning to bet sports from. I made the analogy yesterday. It's like watching a tutorial on painting on YouTube and the guy for 30 minutes tells you about Monet and Picasso and the different brush strokes and the difference between oil colors and watercolors and the guy knows everything, everything there is about painting. And then at the end of the tutorial, he says, now I'm going to paint for you, baby. And he draws a freaking stick figure. <laughs> exactly. That's what, you, that's what the sports betting social media is. It's 99% of dudes that are writing content, doing videos, talking about sports betting. But they can't bet. They can't make money betting. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they might like, hit here and there, but long-term profitability, they're not. And it's just, not, do you know why the, these shows don't show long-term records? Because they would all be negative. All these preview shows that we watch, do you know why the records of the analysts aren't shown? Because none of them would show profit. And who would watch it? You know when we did the show on the line for a UFC Fight Pass? I, want, I said, you have to show. I want mine shown every week. After every show, if I lose or win, I want my long-term results. We've done eight episodes. I want the people to know this is what he's up or down after eight episodes. We do 100 episodes. I want them to know this is what he's up or down after 100 episodes. That's how much confidence I have in what I do. Well, that's we also the way. show that, yeah. and I'm going to be profitable. And I swear to you, if I didn't say that, may I lose that job exactly what I said to the producer and thank God for me he, he knows sports betting and he understood it and he's like yet yeah, you know what I mean thank God yeah, it's sharp. yeah but well the idea of what you're doing is just different it's new it's everyone wants to find that short-term gratification that that quick reward system so they're looking for the guy who can make them like as much money as they need to make this month we've done 10 episodes okay now that does randomness to 10 episodes even though we get that we bet ten thousand dollars, okay, in that amount of time. You get a thousand per episode. Now I'm up twenty five percent on on return on investment, okay, up around that much. You know what my intro, what I said to this show, that I'm up more than I should be. That I'm, I actually we've only bet around ten thousand. I should only be up around five hundred to a thousand. The fact that I'm up over two thousand. You know, it's statistically, it's, it, we're a standard deviation or two away where we should be. But that'll happen in the short term, both positive and both negatively. I understand that concept. I don't look at it and say, yeah, I'm bragging, I'm up fucking 25% return. Instead, I know I shouldn't be. That I should only be up around 10% return. 
so that the people watching can understand this is really how it works. And sure, I wish that over those 10 episodes, I won 250 each time. It would make it easier on people. That's not how it works. I, I think I, I, didn't, I haven't won money now in four episodes, I believe, where I've lost like 100 bucks, 200 bucks, nothing big, but where I didn't profit. I, don't, I want that shown. They need to see that because that's real life. What matters to me is that I'm up 25% for the year. That's the important part. That's what anyone that, that's looking to make money betting sports, that's what they should be looking at. Anyone that, that, that the, the, the 9 out of 10, they're looking at what did he do last UFC? What did he do the last two? Is he losing? Oh, fucking, I ain't betting his shit. He's a loser. That's what they're looking at. Those are the guys that are going to lose forever. I don't, have, I don't have, there's nothing I could do for them. I can't help them. I don't want them to subscribe to my shit. I don't want a penny of their money. I'm only going to disappoint them. Yeah, if your you purpose is rich, different. Your purpose is, if you is get way rich different. If you fading me, God bless you. Fade me and get rich. Dude, if you could get rich betting against me, do it. Are you crazy? I'd love hearing <laughs> that. If you find a way to bet against me and get rich, go ahead, do it. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just, dude, I'm just, thank God that I'm in a position where I could be truthful and I don't have to sell and bullshit. Thank God, because I'm not that guy. I'm not good at it. I wouldn't be able to. Right, your system. That's why it didn't work out when I first crossed in and they told me, you got to put up a Monday night game. And I don't care about what the wise guys are on. I, I, I need you to put out a pick for the Thursday night football. That's when I started realizing, like, whoa, 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 this may not be for me. This ain't how shit is done. And then I was explaining, no, 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 this is how shit's done in this industry. And this industry isn't about winning. It's about entertainment. It's about providing, you know, picks that people want. They, they don't, they don't win long term, so no one cares if you do either. I said, this isn't how mm -hmm. it's going to go down. And I went off on my own and started my own shit. Because that don't work for me, dude. Sure, did I do it for a number of years? Yeah, I didn't. I'm not at playing naive, but I didn't know. I thought that's how the industry works, that this is it. These people just want a Monday night pick. They just want my opinion on primetime games and shit like that. Exactly. And then Again, eventually I started realizing there are some actual guys like you that are sharp. Do see the value in people that are actually doing it for real. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's t again. It's like the emotion. Those those people that are the huge NFL fans and they just want that Monday night pick. They're not focused on your statistics for the year or the two years or the three years because they're not here. They have other priorities. No, it's, they just want. The, they just care about that Monday night. That's right. like this one kid that he kept busting my balls. It's so funny. He's been a subscriber every month for like he every month bro, for like six months. Every time it loses, he bitches. And I told, I, I, here's what I said, and I made sure, I, 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 so everyone sees it. I said, dude, my job isn't to win over the sample size that you decide to follow me. That's not what I'm here to do. Mm. To win when you decide you want to bet. Are you kidding me? That's not my obligation, dude. My obligation is, uh, my goal is to win year over year. That's it. That's go. the only goal I have. On January 1st, I start with this bankroll, and when December 31st rolls around, I hope it's bigger. And I made money that year. That's it. Not, a, not the week you happen to want to bet, or the month you decide to jump on board, or the Monday night you decide to bet. Are you kidding me? I can't do anything for you. If that matters to you, go, go where they're selling you that shit. 
if you want to win year after year, then this is what the road's going to look like. And if you, you, you're in bet sizing right, you're going to go broke, even with my winning information. Even though I'm, up, I'm going to be up at the end of the year, you're still going to be broke. Because if you don't bet size correctly, even all the information in the world is not going to help you. Because unless I go 100%, which is not going to happen, we will have losses. And there are short-term negative fluctuations where we will have a month where we can do nothing right. And if you don't bet size correctly, you'll be broke at that, the end of that month. And over the next three months while I'm kicking ass, you don't even have money to bet. That's not my problem, dude. I didn't do that to you. You did that to you. And so with the subscription on your website, you get into that, you teach people how to control their bankroll? I tell them how, we, how I break it down, how, we, how I bet it, and I urge them to even cut that in half. Like even bet half of the bet size I'm advising at least the first year until it becomes automatic to you. Mm-hmm. Until the, the, the thought of bet sizing incorrectly is never an issue. In fact, I even tell people, pick a number and never change it. For the first year, you're going to bet the same bet size for everything. You got a $1,000 bankroll, guess what you're going to start betting? You're betting $10 a game, bro. Or else you ain't going to make money. If you're going to start betting 100 a game, I can't help you, dude. Sure, I'll give you, I'll, I'll take a shot with you. Maybe we'll make a score. But I'm telling you now, chances are you're going to go broke, even with my picks. Because that's not, how, that's not how it works. Just mathematically, you're making it impossible for us to profit. Right, it's There's that short-term, fluctuations. That short-term if, gratification. They, they want it instantly. If you don't bet size correctly, if mm. you can't lose five bets in a row and still bet that same $10 instead of betting 50 to get it all back, you're done. You're done. You have to be able to bet $10 a game, lose 15 games in a row, beat down 150 and still go back to $10 and say, now I have to win 15 positions before I'm back to even, before I can even think about being profitable. If you don't have that mindset and dedication, you're not going to be a winning sports better. Nobody's picks are going to help you. All your knowledge of your sports is not going to help you. You're wasting your time, dude. You'll be more profitable spending those hours that you were going to handicap getting any kind of job. I don't care what it is. Work at a 7-Eleven. Get minimum wage. It's going to be more money. It's going to pile up over a five-year period than you're going to make five years betting. That much I can promise you. Mm. In fact, over those five years, you're going to be down betting. But working at that 7-Eleven for those four hours a day, after those five years, you're going to have some money saved up at least. You ain't going to do a betting with that attitude. So why are you wasting those four hours handicapping? Yeah, I I just tell it like it is, bro. I'm sorry. No, never apologize. I call it tough love, but I'm not going to sit there and hold their hand and baby them because no one did it for me, and that's the only reason I made it. I think if someone babied me and told me what I wanted to hear, I would have quit. I would have gave up, but they didn't. They let me know this is a rough, hard world, dude. No one gives a shit. You know what I mean? It's a difficult world, and no one cares. You're the only one that's going to take care of yourself. And you're the only one that's going to provide the life you want. So decide what life you want to provide, and make sure every decision you make reflects it. Or otherwise, you will not live that life. It's an impossibility. It is. It's like you, you can't... Think about 
Did you make money betting last year? Did you make money betting the year before? Are you up lifetime? If those answers are no, why are you doing the same thing? Are you, what do you think? Just it's your picks. If that's what's wrong, you need to change your picks. You need to change everything. The picks are the least of your worries. Get the rest down. Don't worry about what you're going to pick. That's the easy part. I could make money betting sports without even knowing the teams. Just give me some data and let me look at some numbers in the market, and I could earn. Shit, if someone has a bankroll, I could teach them to make a hundred grand a year just scalping games. They don't even have to bet aside. They could just come out and scalp and try to middle shit. If they have a decent bankroll, that part's easy. The, the, the key is, is being able to outlast it and, and having the discipline and, and the knowledge of, of how to make a profit overall long term and keep doing it and to overcome the tough times and the negative swings that are coming because that's a guarantee. I don't care how hot you are, how good you're doing, the rain's coming, bro. You know, don't put that winter clothes away just yet. It's coming. It's inevitable. I don't mean the rain on anyone's parade, but it's just a mathematical certainty. Even the most profitable, just like losing betters. That's why we bet. That's why guys that are listening to this that probably hate me right now, that, that's why they still bet. Because they've gone nine and one over a week. They've had a winning month. They've had fat pockets. That's why they still bet. Because they've, they've had winning streaks. Because even when losing betters win, baby. Even losing betters win. Until and that's what you have to realize is a winning better. If even losing betters go on hot streaks, then no going in, winning betters go on losing streaks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just yin and yang, bro. There, you is. can't avoid that. That's just life. Well, I love it. I mean, we've covered so many great topics, and I think uh, both of our followers are going to really enjoy everything that we had to discuss, but primarily really exposing your system and your secrets that shouldn't be kept so secret. People have always have this misconception on betting and how everyone loses betting eventually, or they just see the, the people who front and, and say that they're up when they're really not, or they owe people money, but they're buying the nice things and, and flaunting those things. You have a real system that works. Your resume speaks for itself. Uh, I'm so glad that people are gonna be, get a chance to hear this side of you because I mean, I've been following you for a while, but I didn't even know a lot of what you've been telling me until we got a, t a chance to like sit down here and talk. So uh, this is going to be, I think, one of my, my best episodes, and I'm really, really excited. I'm going to push this one because this is important Thank stuff. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Honestly, I, I really appreciate that you opened your platform to me. That, to me, means a lot. Oh, the you pleasure know, that's is your mine. your audience. You built it. They're your supporters, your followers, and the fact you're willing to expose them to me like thank you dude and open the door I, I i can't thank you enough like that alone i'm extremely grateful and the fact you were very fair as a host um i i, I really appreciate this interview i do thank you so much for having me the pleasure is mine and before i let you go i just want to ask you live in las vegas is i mean i like to go to vegas as often as possible but for even the fans that and, and the people that follow both of us that like to go to Vegas, what, what, what do you recommend to do? The one thing with Vegas, man, here's the thing. It's constantly changing. Like when I don't go down for a month, because you got to remember, 
I may go in and out of the sports books, but like I know like where I'm going to park, where I don't walk through the whole casino. You know what I mean? Like you know where you got to go in, which place you go in through the back, where you're going. Anyway, make a long story short, there's some times where I may not drive down to the strip. We, me and my wife may not go out for like a month, and then we'll go out to dinner, drive down to the strip. We're like, oh my god, there's like when did that go up? Because they're constantly forced to create new experiences of entertaining people, you know, to get people to come out here. And when you live here, you get the benefit of, of that, that they're trying to constantly entertain tourists and you get to enjoy it as well. So, I mean, to say you got to do this, you got to do that, there's really not. Instead, it's like what you're coming out here for. Everyone comes with different agendas. Some guys come to party. And I always say, you know, there's day clubs and night clubs. You're not going to find any better. There's foodies that come out here. And for them, we have the best restaurants and celebrity chefs and little hidden gems that aren't even expensive because it's Vegas. And, you know, a lot of the, the best of everything has come out here because they're constantly replenishing them with customers. You know, so we, mm -hmm. that's what's good about living here, that every concert wants to do Vegas. Every celebrity chef wants to open a restaurant in Vegas. Every, you know, wants to do Vegas. So when, when you live here, you get to really enjoy that. You know, probably I did more when I was younger than I do now. But I mean, I, it really is that. It's what you're looking for. We have it all, man. Whether you're here to gamble, whether you're here to, you know, vices or whatever turns you on, it's here, yeah. guys. It's here. Awesome. Well, Again, I'm going to be in Vegas in December for UFC 245. So I'll see you then, bro. I'll it would, see you then. Yeah, it would be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. And again, for everyone listening, I've had Yanni the Greek on, one of the most highly regarded Vegas most winningest gamblers of all time. He's been featured on ESPN, Fox, UFC on the Line, New York Times, UFC on ESPN, CNBC, The Herd, FS1, Dana White posts this guy every week. You guys got to get on board. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, check out his website, thebigmoves.com, uh, and do so after listening to this podcast so you know what you're getting yourself into and so uh, you understand that his system does work and why you shouldn't go with people who are just trying to come up for the month. This guy's going to try to help you come up for life. Keep it consistent. So uh, again, Yanni, thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I wish everyone the best of luck ahead, man. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing it for fun and doing it for entertainment. It's the one entertainment that you could actually walk away with more money than you walked in with. You know, so sure. just control yourself if that's what you're doing it for. Like I say, if you go to the movies, you know it's going to cost you 20 bucks for the ticket. It's not going to cost you more than that. If you're going to spend that 20 on a bet, and it's not going to cost you more than that, enjoy it. Throw it on a bet. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are going to do it, for, for profit and you're actually going to that hard earned money, man, because like I said, I come from nothing. So, and I, I've learned to finally respect money and I know how hard it is to make it. Um, protect it, protect it with everything you have and protect it from touts. Because if you're paying $25 for a pick, unless you're betting 500 a game and he's hitting 60% for you, it's negative EV and you will lose money. That's just math. You can't overcome that. And, and there, there's a lot of bad seeds out there. So just be cautious, man. Protect your money is the best thing I can tell you. There's a lot of people out there that, that you know, are looking for guys that aren't looking to protect it. Amazing advice. Great. And I'm going to take it to heart, too, because <laughs> I need that advice. 
So I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And you gave me three hours of your time, which is more than I could have ever asked for. So um, no, no I'm going to, you know, I, I appreciate it was going well. That's why, you know, and it seemed when I was going off on a rant, you were sitting back and enjoying it. So I'm like, lay it all out there. You know, thank I it was great timing. And you kept the conversation going perfectly. So, you know, I, I love talking about it. Like, I'm a very passionate person to begin with. But then when it comes to this, like, I love it. Like, I really do. I love gambling. I, if you look at my, my books, all my books, it's poker books, blackjack books. Every, that's all I read. Even if I'm not playing the game. I haven't played serious blackjack in seven, eight years. And I'm reading blackjack books, like, with spare time. It's just, that's what I like, so... It's just who I am, you know. It's a little weird, but, you know, you, you, you like what you like, right? Well, no, but I sensed your passion. That's why I was so eager to get you on here, and I'm so glad that you were receptive to it because, you know, I'm just starting up. I'm 24 years old. I started this podcast earlier this year around April, May. This is a huge step for me, and I'm just glad that I have the right crowd because I'm passionate about MMA. Um, I've had experience betting, and so you perfectly fit the crowd that – I just have following time. me and for me as well. Be patient. Honestly, I, please don't take this. It's not, I'm not being disrespectful at all because my daughter's actually your age. You're young. I, honestly, I came here when I was 25 years old and I didn't think I was young and I was forced to grow up quickly. You know what I mean? Certain circumstances in my life um, forced me to grow up quickly. But now I look back and I really was younger than I had any idea. And if there's one thing I would tell my 25-year-old self, it would be slow down. You're going to get there. Like, you're going to make the right choices and you're going to get there. But you're going to have to slow down. Because this running is why you're tripping. Why you, make, why you tripped up all those times is because you were running. You were trying to get there faster than you should have. And there's no shortcuts. Mm -hmm. So, like, take your time, man. You're only 25, 24. Like, you're mature enough, obviously, already for your age. You're, you've got ambition or you wouldn't be doing this. So you're doing the right things. Obviously, I don't know you well enough. I don't know you, what, how your life is, but obviously you're ambitious and you're making good choices from what I can see. Give yourself a break, bro, and don't rush. Nothing comes easy. Followers, business, none of it, nobody, no one you know that we look up to and we're like, wow, man, how lucky are they? None of them, none of them, I can promise you, had it easy. When they get there, they make it look easy because they've done it for so long that it is easy for them now. But I promise you, none of them had an easy road there. Whether they looked like they were an overnight Hollywood success or they were, you know, a rock group or anybody, or someone working who built a business. It doesn't matter, dude. None of them did it come overnight. None. And whoever it did, they, they more or less lost it. Any of those lottery winners ended up going broke, most of them. It's hard work, bro. So take your time, man. Definitely. Take your time and just think your choices mm -hmm. through so you don't slow down your progress. That's really meaningful advice. I really, really appreciate it because I, I don't have my dad in my life to give me any type of advice like this and a lot of times i feel like i'm alone or on my own and reach out anytime you want bro i swear to god please do please do i say that to people and and some do you know thank god a, a couple do most don't but that's if there's anything you, the best thing you could do in your life is 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 find some people that not even mentors just that you could trust their their either their experience 
or their knowledge or their, that's the one mistake that this country makes, that I don't like the culture, that we disregard old people. You know what I mean? Where in mm-hmm. other societies, they, they, they look at old people as the most important assets of their whole like civilization. They're the ones that live the longest. They know the most. They've seen the most. They have the most experiences. Like that's who you want to ask shit from. And we kind of discard the old people. We ignore them. It's kind of weird that we do that. But again, because I've went through the same thing, you know, I mean, you have your father, fortunately, you, you know, your relationship, that's your business, none of mine. But I know I've lo- I lost mine. So I know, and especially at a point in time in my life where you need guidance of someone you could trust that at least, you know, that person's got your best interest, you know, like anyone else, you can't be a hundred percent sure what their agenda is. But at least for most of us, if we're lucky and we have decent mothers or fathers, more times than not, at least their agenda is for us to be well and okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least that's what you would hope for in in the most cases. So that's why, man, anytime you, if there's, again, I'm nobody to give anyone advice. I'm probably the last person that should be giving people life advice, but I can share life experiences with people. That much I can share. And hopefully you can learn from my experiences. That's how I look at it, not like life ex- knowledge, because I don't know if I have any of that, but I do have a lot of experience. Well, Yanni, I love you, man. I really appreciate that. That means the absolute world to me, for real. Thanks, brother. Make sure, seriously, stay in touch, man, and, and use it. Hit, keep up. You reach out anytime on Twitter, DM, whenever. Hit me up, and like I said, if I can help any way with, with your venture with the podcast, reach out to me, bro. I'll, I'll do it, and when you put it out, I'll push it through any channel I have access to. I appreciate that so much. I'm going to get it up and running today, actually. So I'll send you a link probably later this evening once I get it Thank edited you. up. And, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to meeting you in December, too. Yeah, yeah you better reach out when you come out, my man. Oh, 100%. Thank Talk you. Thanks again. again, bro. Yanni, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, you too, so much. Sir. You have a great weekend, man. Good luck with the fights this weekend. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. All right, guys. That was Yanni the Greek. Get him at Greek underscore gambler on Twitter and Instagram. Follow him on social media. Take his advice. Thanks again for being patient. I know I haven't put out a podcast in a couple weeks, but I hope this one made up for it. Cheers, guys.